0: Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Monday, November 20th, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. Sorry for the delay. A lot lot of different things happening, and I was actually waiting to hear back on a story as well that is a couple days old, but I wanted to get some information on it. And the clip I started to play there was just an accidental slip. I'm going to play in that clip where I started there saying that was a clip from me discussing a 2013 Human Shield discussion, which I'll play later in the show today. But in general, I think it's an important follow up on the topic in, in a lot of different ways What we're going to discuss today. I think it. I, when I was piecing through the title and how I was going to put this together. I thought I was trying to think about how, what I would put in the title. And I realized that every single thing we're following up on as much as it is sort of new and breaking into a lot of people that aren't really immersed in this or on social media right now. And kind of the different spheres, it's a lot of stuff we've broken down last week or even last month. And so I was just like, (laughs) well, it's a lot of follow-ups of a lot of important stuff. So I just pretty much decided to go with one thing, which is important, which is that they're literally trying to argue right now that there is not a humanitarian crisis. Now saying there's no genocide, well there's a debate to be had. Of course there's laws and legality you know, definitions and metrics to be met and you know intent to be proven. But to argue that there's not a humanitarian crisis, it begins to far from begins to it's been ongoing for 75 years, but for some people it begins to they begin to see that this is not just about Hamas. Right? That there, if you it, the idea being that it's a constant game between saying we want to help the civilians but then right but right after that saying but you know there's not really that many civilians because x y and z and the point they've made is that there's only three really categories of people here you've got terrorists terror sympathizers and human shields and if you don't I mean, we know we everyone's been watching this you tell me where and i mean every single person in gaza according to israel fits into one of those three categories and 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 it's and this has been proven by their words it's been proven by their actions, obviously, and repeatedly shown in regard to not just bombing the civilians where they go, Not remove the not just, <laughs> the bombing the civilians where they go, bombing the crossing that they're supposed to leave from, bombing the locations they're sheltering in, bombing UN locations where up until very recently, they weren't even arguing Hamas was there, bombing hospitals, mosques, schools ambulances, all these different locations, which, in my opinion, not a single one has ever been proven to actually hold Hamas or have tunnels, despite them saying it repeatedly, in some cases, trying to prove that. And we'll go over some of that today. But we're going to go over a couple of follow-ups that I think you guys have likely already seen in regard to the uh, Israel building tunnel structures underneath al-Shifa, which is an easily proven fact. Now, the question then becomes, does that mean that... That it, it, Hamas isn't using those or rather the real point is that Israel says they built tunnels and we can prove that they're the ones that built the, the, the main structure they're pointing to. But Hamas could have built more after that. Of course, that's possible. And the question becomes, really, are they using it now? Or are they using it before? Were they using it at all? My point continues to be that it'd be pretty ridiculous for them to continue using this location as their headquarters when for a decade they've been ov- publicly saying around the world that that's their headquarters and they know that. So it's just, it, it, all of this begins to fall apart and we're going to go through more of those continually debunked lies and even more so a follow-up in regard to some of the stuff we touched on on pirate stream, which if you haven't heard yet that Haratz in their own investigation is now proving that yes, they shot their own people, which you know, already you don't need an honest objective person does not really need more than eyewitness reports, security teams from the area that was invaded. The, the kibbutz area in different locations on the record saying they shot them. The helicopter pilots saying they shot to pl- in, at cars that very well could have had hostages. You know, it's, you don't really need more than that to see that this is how it went down. The Hannibal Directive conversation. We now have a colonel admitting that this was a Hannibal. Uh, I, forget, well, I forget the way he used the term. We'll, we'll show you that admitting that this was exactly where the Hannibal Directive would be used. And it's likely based on this. That's how it went down. I mean, in every single angle, they're telling you that this is not about helping their people or helping Palestinians. It's about getting rid of Gaza or specifically all of Palestine. And every single moment that passes, it becomes harder to deny that. Mostly because they just literally keep saying that and people are just plugging their ears and pretending like you don't really understand what they meant. It's very obvious what's happening. So we're going to get into ultimately that to start. I think it's important follow up to know when a couple of interesting additions to the story about October 7th and the lack of desire to recover their own hostages. That's the main t- uh, image of the title or of the video today. And I'll, I'll talk about that. That's at the Knesset where you've got Israeli citizens. That's another really important part to remember about this, that the, as far as I can tell, the vast majority of uh, Israeli citizenry and and, and, and uh, civilians, the word I was looking for, are act, are telling people they want a, a ceasefire. They're protesting in front of their houses. They're protesting in front of the cadets. They want a ceasefire. They want their people back. Now that's not the same thing as saying that they don't want to kill Hamas or are okay with them using violence in Gaza because we see those polls. But they're saying after you go in and get our people back and they're livid that they're continuing to bomb and continue to do what they're doing. And yet we're told the opposite. And it it just, all of this continues to become very obvious. So the the video or the image on the, the video today, which we'll get to, is them screaming at the Knesset that they want their people back. And then they act like people like us that are acting like we should have already had this conversation and they should have already resolved this, seeing as how I'll show you yet again, even according to Vice News. Since day one, apparently, or rather the first week, Hamas has had this on the table. We want to return the hostages if you return our hostages. Well, exactly, which was what a lot of us said right from the beginning, including Vanessa Beely, that that was the real motive here in regard to taking people. And so seemingly the entire time Israel has said, no, not seemingly, verifiably, we don't want them back. And I don't know how you misunderstand that, at least secondarily. The most important thing to Israel's government is the agenda of getting rid of Gaza and Palestine. And, you know, maybe we'll get some hostages back too. And that's why they're upset. We're also going to talk about the ongoing loss of credibility around Israel's government, not Israel, but Israel's government, and the ongoing the lies that we're going to be talking about, including the tunnel discussion, more follow-ups on these hospital discussions. And ultimately, I think to end, we're going to go over some... Uh, if, if we have time, I'm going to go into some of these protests, which I think it, it, it's it's the same dynamic, but bled around, you know, bleeding into other conversations, other governments, other countries. In this case, in, I think, predominantly the UK and, it, and the United States, groups like jewish Voices for peace i think i've been saying jews for peace but i think it's jewish voices for peace and and having as far as i can tell and i've done some research i've talked to people in fact i know people that were at one of these locations predominantly peaceful you can never account for every individual but then engaging with them because they're blocking something like protest you all the time which i'm not saying i agree with but if you're going to start picking having problems with this black lives matter antifa they do this as a matter of policy so all of a sudden, them blocking something becomes an anti-Jew hatred fest. And it's just becoming ridiculous the way they frame these things. And my point is, it's the same thing we're seeing in Israel. Israelis who are protesting are being framed as against Israel. And even Ben Gavir was the one that argued, and now they passed a law that they can shoot those people if they protest in the street. Israelis, Jews. How do you, I mean, just how do you rectify this stuff if you think it's about this binary concept of uh, anybody fighting for the Jewish people and freedom and then all the terrorists? It's just not that simple. And obviously, there's so much more to it. And most of what they're saying is lies and are lies. And that's not just about any kind of, that's about nothing more than a government trying to avoid accountability. Everyone trying to shoehorn this into some religious war or some racist anti Semite. Those things exist. But the reality of what's going on here is about, trying to hold the Israeli government accountable and trying to seek justice for people that have been oppressed for 75 years. It's pretty simple. So we're going to start off with the thing that uh, Marshall shared with me that I wanted to make sure that we included. Now, at first, I thought this might have been like a today breaking story. Nonetheless, I do find it very important. And so he sent me a couple of things I thought were important. Now, this is from the 16th, but I hadn't heard this yet. Now, this is interesting because for those that don't know, Jordan, in regards to their sort of like, what's the right word for it? Like caretaker ship or their custodian. What's the word they use? Basically they're involved with taking uh, they uh, part of like the dome of the rock and these different areas. They're involved with the management, I guess, of these areas. And I, I'm missing the word I'm looking for. Marshall will probably know in the chat, but they're involved with this. And so the point is they're the ones that started up early saying, if you do what you're doing at gods to the West bank, for example, trying to displace them to them, that would mean war. And so this was interesting. I saw, I pointed out very early. And the point I'm stating that for is because, as you can see, Jordan has involvement in even Gaza. Now, this is from uh, AA.com. Jordan describes Israeli bombing near their field hospital in Gaza as a war crime. So what's interesting is, you know, I don't think I, I would argue Jordan and Israel have never really been on the best of footing, but they've worked for a long time together in regard to the overlap. But this is them basically calling them out. You know, you're you're bombing our people, our locations. This is going to cause a lot lot more tension because now this is, you know, I mean, it's never been as simple as the Muslim world versus Israel or even Lebanon and Syria. And it's not that simple. There's so many more dynamics and typically the U.S. government's involved, and most of them just want them to stop murdering Gazans, Palestinians. But now all of a sudden you got things something like Jordan might be involved or, or, you know, you got the Yemen aspect, all these different dynamics. And it's very, very clear, as we said from day one, that this is not going to end well if they keep pushing this because. Well, really, it really comes down to whether the U.S. decides to allow themselves to be pulled into this, or recognizes that they're going to lose everything regarding how we view. It. Like, right, my point is with Biden in particular. Biden has lost a staggering amount of support from all sides. His administration, I mean, because he continues to maintain this all makes sense and it's all in accordance with international law, which, like, nobody thinks. Not any group that has any standing in the world of human rights. Only governments and power structures. And that's why people are seeing through this. It's embarrassing. And so my point is that this is going to become a situation where if the U.S. decides to allow itself to be pulled in, I argue they're not going to let it happen at this point because it's just so obvious. But if they did, it would cascade into some massive, I you know, I would say world war. But the point is we've been there many times already. and They just don't call it that anymore. But it's very interesting. So in this case, Jordan describes the bombing of their field hospital seven hospital staff injured by the Israeli bombing while they were simply trying to help Palestinians hit by an Israeli airstrike. And that is exact. That is status quo. That is the modus operandi of Israeli's military. They bomb, they wait, just like what happened in Yemen, by the way, and there's overlap there as well. They would bomb and then wait for the ambulances and they would bomb again. It happens all the time. And you know, the only time you see that in like a movie is when they're framing the bad guy, Arab countries, the Muslim countries, like I've seen it in many movies. Oddly enough, I only ever see it happen when it's Western Israel or Western countries. But nonetheless, the point is that this is uh, four days ago. Jordan's army facility hit in Gaza. Now, to be clear, this is Jordan saying this. Obviously, they could be lying. I just don't see any logical reason why. And obviously, I believe Israel's capable of this. But you can come to your own conclusions and you can watch the video. It's three minutes long. And now here is the reasoning behind it, at least as Marshall was arguing. And I agree with what he's saying here, like why this is starting to happen like why Israel would want to push this matter, knowing that Jordan is not something, that this is only going to get worse for them if they keep poking everybody in the eye that has a, a, a willingness or an ability to make this harder for them. So Jordan has canceled the energy deal with Israel over the Gaza war. And they've been warning publicly for about all of this the whole time. So have a lot of these countries. So this was on the 17th. Cancels the energy with Israel over the Gaza war. We have this one from the 16th, which is the day this happened. Jordan announces cancellation of water and energy agreement with Israel due to Gaza war. And I believe this was 15th, 16th that's happened. And then, of course, we see the bombing that followed. Now, I'm not saying that we know they're connected, but I think it's interesting to see that a very central part in the governance of these areas, which includes Jordan, is you see the division growing. And Jordan is canceling deals with Israel, which are very important to them. And this is going to continue to get worse, is my point. So I think that's an important note to start with. That this This is only becoming more and more complicated for Israel and the Western foreign policy at this point. I honestly don't see how they work their way out of this with anything other than backing away. Now, before we go further, I wanted to make a couple of interesting points about censorship and so on. I told you in general that I was going to let you see the things that I thought were relevant verifiable and interesting as opposed to just always including the glitches and I could go off for 5 hours about what just happened to me today but I won't. In this case it's something you can see which I think is really interesting. Now, I've had a lot of very concerning things happen. Just, you know, since the first week of October, let's say. Very weird, unexplainable, all sorts of cascading problems and and just today I found some very interesting things. One, we'll actually we'll start with this. So Coinbase froze my account which I, people donate Coinbase, you know, it's, it's, I, I, it's an open portal for anybody that wants to send, which is how anybody's Coinbase works. It's an address that anybody can use. It's pu- well, You could post it public or you could find it anywhere, really. The point is somebody could just seek it down and se- or seek it out and send something to you. My point in saying that is I've had this account for almost a decade, used it quite frequently. All of a sudden, my, front, my account gets frozen. I reach out. And they go, oh, well, there was an issue with some kind of a payment and we're waiting to make sure it clears. Oh, whatever. I didn't buy it, quite frankly, because my bank said everything is handled. Waited over a week, got back to them and, fi- and they basically ex- admitted that, that was a lie. And turns out there was some suspicious activity that had nothing to do with some kind of transaction, which they said stated explicitly. And they said, what we're going to do is we're going to send you an email with some questions. And I, and I told them on the phone, I said, I'm not going to answer anything until I understand why you're doing this. Wouldn't answer. Wouldn't even tell me. In fact, offered to let me speak to the supervisor. And then when I started telling him, I felt this was politically motivated. Turned out that he didn't want to talk to me anymore and said, no, now there's nobody wants to talk to you. They just won't refuse to speak to me. Here's what it says for the podcast. Thanks for contacting Coinbase support, which I didn't. They sent me this. It says to perform a review of your account, we need to know your intended use of the Coinbase platform. Okay. So, you know, about a decade worth of use. And they go, well, let's just find out why he wants it after 10 years. That makes sense, right? Right. Please explain why you signed up for Coinbase 10 years ago and what you intend to use it for after 10 years of use. That sure adds up. Were you directed by a third party to create this account? What? Were you directed by a third party to transfer funds? I mean, guys, they're not even pointing to specific exchanges here. These are just broad questions. Then it says, does anyone beside yourself have access to this account or account credentials? And then finally, it says, please provide following information about your crypto sends to external wallets which rarely happens for me. For me, it's more a, a transfer portal of people sending it, tra- tra- trading it out, you know, using that fund elsewhere for t And it says, name the, of the recipient, your relationship to the recipient, purpose of sending these funds. Please provide detailed answers to avoid the delay of your account. So apparently I'm expected to go back and give them every single breakdown of every sending to every external wallet for 10 years and give them the name, the relationship and the purpose. And if I don't give them detailed answers, I could lose the account. You know what this is? It's being set up to fail. That's what this is. It's absurd. And why they think they have the right to know that information when, by the way, they could simply just look at the information they already have, which shows them the details of these accounts. What they're trying to find out is if I'm working with some third party to do what? You see my point? Using the account the way it's meant to be used, what they're insinuating is I'm doing something illegal. If you think that, then you damn well better charge me with something or accuse me of something. This is trying to set me up, in my opinion. My point is, this is coming out of every which way right now. Randomly enough, a long time ago, somebody made a T-Lab NFT for me. You guys know I'm, I'm completely like anti all of this stuff. Nonetheless, somebody gave it to me, sent it to me, and I thought it was interesting. I've just It's just been sitting there forever. I don't even look at it. Randomly got an email today, <laughs> item blacklisted. <laughs> you know why? Because it said Last American Vagabond in the background. They literally told me this, that you, you're not allowed on this platform anymore because we don't like T-Lab. Blacklisted removed. I just, it, this is about as stupid as me losing my Venmo account because I paid my exterminator, literally. They, they they censored me all that time ago for misinformation. Never once used Venmo for anything other than paying my exterminator. I, just, I barely even used it. I only used it because he asked me to open it. And yet they censored me. You see, this is the kind of real censorship. And, and we're seeing this. People like Dr. P, uh, Dr. Mercola from Mercola.com. Remember, he got he got his financial bank account removed his CEO's bank account, CCO, I believe, and their families. This is going to continue happening, and I'm getting the sneaking suspicion that it's coming for us next. Well, what are you going to (laughs) do? I'm going to go forward no matter what. And on the note of censorship, Unheard, there's a great article that just came out. Moderna is spying on you, and it's really interesting. I'm not going to go over it in depth, but you should read it. It's talking about Novak uh, uh, Djokovic's victory and how that kind of was a a black eye for Moderna, seeing as how they tried to force him out, and then he comes back to win a Moderna-sponsored event, and it's, it's just hilarious. We all pointed it out at the time, but it turns out that they're spying on everybody, trying to influence you, just like I think we all actually know. It's a great article. My point, though, is that it's manipulation, censorship, and because we're being watched. Now, Dr. Kat Lindsay points out, great read on Moderna's working with NGOs to spy on us and push their narrative. Then somebody goes, "Hey, we're not allowed to look at this. Why? Because we're in Canada." This is where we're at right now. News content can't be shared in Canada. Now, obviously, that doesn't mean news content in general, but getting damn near close, it means this news content can't be shared. See so the, the links right there. You know why? Because Canada's gone that far already. If you don't think that's coming to you soon, us everywhere, the new internet discussion we recently talked about on Pirate Stream, or I think it was on Pirate Stream, maybe it was saying, wake up. The point is that it's coming. And my, my thoughts are it's really nothing new. We've been warning about this the lot. What Biden rolled out is just the kind of stated today reality of what they already discussed and already created legislation for. It's all coming your way. We can do something about it should we care to circumvent our childish party lines, but I kind of doubt that'll happen. Doesn't mean we shouldn't try. Stand up, do something, because it's going to get worse. Robin Minotti points out the document below clearly shows which side of the agenda 2030 the people in the former freedom movement who jumped on the pro-Israel side are really on. It's not the side of freedom for us all for, for all of us. Now, this is to show you a point that I think is interesting that connects as off as many people believe as there is the connection for. And I, I do too. I just question whether or not it is what I don't think it was what started this. I do believe it's being used for that, which is the ongoing genocide of, of Palestine. Connected with whatever that justifies for the 2030 agenda, the Great Reset conversation. His point is, it says UK Israel roadmap. This is posted from the UK government, and it says COVID and Agenda 2030. The UK Israel Israel roadmap, anti-Semitism, delegitimization, anti-Israel bias, combating delegitimization. Both countries are committed to fighting all forms of anti-Semitism. Like, what does any of this have to do with COVID and Agenda 2030? You see, because it all comes together. It's about, it comes, it comes down to stopping you from being able to say things that they don't like under whatever guys works. You know why? Because we made them look really stupid in pretty much the last five big agendas because they're not winning anymore. The narratives are falling apart. The information war is being lost. So they have to do something different. And his point is to show you that people that were moments ago, moments ago, Screaming people that were like this. I mean, I could list the the ones we keep pointing out, the doctor Eli David and people like that that were all big pro that COVID bad lockdowns bad pro freedom, and then suddenly censor everybody saying anything bad about Israel. We see a lot of them. Take a note of that. That means they either didn't believe anything they were saying before, and we're just kind of trying to sidle up next to people they thought would give them clout. There's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of them right now in the Israel conversation, by the way. People that I've mentioned before that are saying a lot of similar things that we're saying, but in a partisan right-wing way, I, they're not honest people. They're, I think they're all using things they think will get them traction, in my opinion. But in this case, there is an overlap. And I think we can see now an interesting divide of people that were very pro-freedom COVID in COVID discussions, but are suddenly like, stop anything that exposes Israel's agenda. Including, we're coming to, the, like, you know what will blow you away is when we come to this, where suddenly there's an overlap of exactly the same things. Where suddenly there's a, and I'm, trust me, not hoping or wishing or even saying I think this will happen. I hope to God it does not. But the thing I've been insinuating seems likely, the idea of some kind of bioweapon use in the context of war that overlaps these agendas. And then suddenly we're talking lockdowns because war. Think about that. I know same people are going to say, yes, because we know Palestinians use that bioweapon, blah, blah, blah. We need lockdowns, weirdly enough. Watch, mark my words. I really hope it doesn't happen. My point is the people that you've seen shift sides like that will be on that side of it. And there'll be no explaining how to rectify why suddenly pro lockdown or rather anti lockdown becomes pro lockdown or whatever it is. Pro vaccine becomes anti or anti pro vaccine, right? I'm telling you, my concern is the ethnic AFSEC. Me and Courtney were just talking about this actually, knowing that Israel has worked on those. So is the United States. So is China, but specifically with South Africa in the past and whether that becomes something that is deployed in all of this. I worry for those things. But. Lastly, I wanted to include this article for you. See if I can get this to load, actually. Nope. Still locked out on my website in some ways. January 6th was always a very clear government operation. March 8th, 2023. Just want to show you guys, and there's a couple points like this today. Demonstrating our value. Seeing as how there seems to be a very clear effort to make sure we never really reach a mass exposure. Seeing as how my point is nonpartisan objective people just aren't allowed to play the game. Ask James Corbett right? Somebody who everybody knows, but yet weirdly is never really included in these mainstreamy conversations. There's a reason for that. Partisan, nonpartisan people are not allowed to play the game. But I'm sure, held, sure as hell determined to force ourselves into it. I, I plan on changing the game, quite frankly. My point, though, is that I'm going to continue to demonstrate my value, how we talk about something, and it becomes some breaking story a week later for most people, even in independent media. That's not because we're some prescient inside. I, I think it's because we are, well, All of us in this team in general are immersed in these topics. As you guys know, this is all I do anymore. (laughs) It's because I believe in it, but it gives you the insight. We can see things. And you know what? Also you guys, all of you sending me stuff, all of you know who you are and we see it day to day on top of it. So my point was, and I'm not, this was not unique. Plenty of other people saw right through this from the beginning. My point though, is that we were calling this what it was an obvious agenda a government operation, because we could prove it. That's why I said it like this at this show, because it was verifiable. The Azov movement there screaming things in Russian, the Antifa members saying we got them. I mean, all across the board. And don't forget, this was the thing that Laura Loomer broke exactly well after the fact. I mean, I'll give Alex Burdenson was way ahead of everybody on this story. So it's embarrassing that people come out like that, but these are the partisan players. Now look at where she is on this topic. There's a reason that she omitted the Israel part of this story. It's obvious to me. My point, though, is that now we, a lot of bigger accounts are kind of like, oh, the January 6th tapes exposed that it was always a, g-. we knew this already. Those, those tapes are damning, but we already had enough when this first started to prove that. So we don't, we shouldn't be led by the nose by bigger accounts that kind of only go brokeings, breaking story when they get given something by the government, because that's what that was. Ask yourself why they release all of that. Now, of course, people in the paradigm are going to say, because the right, wing or rather our politicians on the right made it happen because they are fighting for a oh, come on guys can't we see past the two-party paradigm yet anyway starting here this is a really crazy video that i think is really well done thank you to of course it's not showing seven views my my ass i don't believe that for a second let me refresh this There you go. Declassified UK. Oh, it disappears. Of course it does. So let's watch this video. And as I wrote, this is just chilling. And this is the point about them trying to walk back or blatantly disregard or ignore that there is an obvious humanitarian crisis. And by the way, that doesn't have to mean that you're somehow causing that. They're obviously blaming Hamas, which is what they kind of do. There's no humanitarian crisis. But if there is, it's Hamas's fault. Oh, okay. Perfect. Cover all your bases. The point though, is that it's obviously a humanitarian crisis based on any objective factor. So if they're blaming Hamas, well, then fine to blame Hamas, but you can't ignore all the suffering people. So now that they're literally walking around to anyone that will listen and saying there is not a crisis, they've got plenty of food and water. I mean, I've never seen something more desperate. You'd think they might recognize that people are seeing through this right now and maybe try to find a different tactic, but just coming out and just denying wholesale, ah, pretty obviously not going to work. But I said the Israeli government are well aware that there's no coming back from what they've done. So they double down. That's what I think anyway. They've lost a historic amount of support, which is why the fair weather mainstream media are jumping ship, jumping sides. To some degree, I think there might be more of a strategic dynamic, but ultimately I think that's part of it. And we all see what Israel's doing. The world sees this. And I'm not being hyperbolic about that. Every, I mean, even they're saying that now. They have Hamas propaganda is winning. It's no, it's just the truth is shining through and people can see what they're really doing. And it's making these Zionist chill sycophants rabidly upset. I imagine it would. And then I believe somebody was asking me if I wanted to, inter. Uh, I guess, Judge Napoliano, yeah, was saying something similar. Come down here and retweet this. I'd love to talk to him, actually. That'd be a good conversation. So check this video out. We know
1: there is no lack of food and no lack of water in Gaza.
2: I was struck by what you said a moment ago, that there is, in your view, no humanitarian crisis in Gaza. That's your view, right? Yes, What's the view on the humanitarian crisis in Gaza this morning? Uh, there is no humanitarian crisis because there it, isn't. There is no. The UN have been saying consistently over the last few days that there is a catastrophic crisis, a calamity emerging on the ground. And you are simply saying they're
1: either exaggerating or they're wrong, are you?
2: Yes, I am. We have been showing images this morning that uh, illustrate <laughs> oh, yeah, that there yeah. is a humanitarian crisis in Gaza. So blame Hamas.
0: And I say to you, right, right, Right. So think about how dumb that response is. So is there a humanitarian crisis? No. But they're telling us there is. Okay. Well, it's Hamas's fault then. Like, does that not scream dishonesty? Like, okay, so you can't have it both ways. Either there is one, and we can see it, and it's their fault, or there isn't. Like, I mean, this—I just don't understand. This is why I'm—I keep asking myself: Do they? Is that? Are we supposed to see this? I know that gets a little bit too much for some people, but you know, you always got to think down that rabbit, that, that length, because that's sometimes what happens. I don't think that's what this is. I just don't, I just can't understand either why it would be this transparently clumsy or on to, on top of that, how then they ever manipulated anybody. I just think this is wild to me.
1: We want to kill Hamas. Oh, yeah.
0: We have
2: been showing images this morning that uh, illustrate that there is a humanitarian crisis in Gaza. So blame Hamas.
1: And I say to you openly, we want to kill Hamas fighters. Local contributors to international media are Hamas members. So
0: that you know why it's important? Because they're saying, Yeah, we want to kill Hamas, not civilians. But then when put to the point, they'll tell you there are no civilians. So and, and the point is the US government and the supporters, they're very aware of that. That's why you find these secret leaks where you find out they're behind the scenes going, man. They're like basically admitting that they're being belligerent about this and that they're losing control of the narrative and they don't tell that to you. The bottom line is, if you're saying the U.N. are Hamas members, well, then when you say we're only killing Hamas, what you're saying is we're killing the U.N. members, right? Obviously, or anything else. And that's my point about either terrorists, terrorist sympathizers or human shields to the Israeli military. They fit into any one of those categories. And that's the only thing that's out there. There, they're, that's not my opinion. They've said this repeatedly. When you put the, the president of Israel, there is nobody innocent Gaza. I mean, guys, it's just repeatedly stating this. And yet we have to debate it when their government says it blatantly because we're living through a massive information war, but they're losing it incredibly. The point is that the governments and the media who are typically the ones that can just lean into something and make it the reality are losing. It's a powerful and good thing on the back of one of the worst things I've ever seen, of course.
2: Bombarding you
1: openly. We want to kill Hamas fighters. Local contributors to international media are Hamas members.
0: Media, UN, he'll go on to say
1: it. We are not bombarding Gaza. We are targeting Hamas. Many ambulances drivers are Hamas members. Our enemy well, that, is that, that, the Hamas. That, I mean, Many UNRWA workers in Gaza are themselves members of Hamas accept that right you've killed children or do you deny them? no i do not i wow. do not i do not first of all you don't know how those people died to say eleven thousand wow. civilians have been killed is relatedly okay. okay. wrong Just very... then you also have to okay. ask the question all of right. the innocent civilians how many were killed by Hamas munitions it does is not prohibit phosphorus being of... used
2: okay wow. hey, okay the laws of armed conflict do not prohibit the, the use of um is it phosphorus? being used so it we have the,
0: the point is we can prove these white phosphorus. In two thousand nine, and, and and I mean, not only have we seen what Human Rights Watch, MS International, United Nations, all of them have confirmed through their own investigations that yes, they use white phosphorus on civilians as a matter of policy, and that's what it, you heard him right there. That what's not a violation to use white? Yes, it is, and then he wouldn't even admit that they had used it though because they know it is
2: used. Hey, okay, the laws of armed conflict do not prohibit the the use of um is it being used we have no interest in hurting innocent people our only target is hamas facilities excuse me you are bombing them oh really we are trying to do our
0: that's my point though we only want to hurt we only we we have no interest in hurting innocent people fine the point is in your mind none of them are innocent as your president said publicly there is nobody innocent there you see the game is being played it's very transparent
2: they target is Hamas now. facilities. Excuse me? You are bombing them. Oh, really? We are trying to do our best to minimize casualties. 11,000 dead. Some of them are terrorists, as you know. Not all of them. We're not, we're not targeting civilians. We're just targeting... What percentage do you think are terrorists? Cannot. Can, I believe over 50%. There's a, uh... Wow.
0: Wow. Even Israel says 30,000 is about their estimate, right? 50% would be 1.35 million. An aggressor here, and the aggressor so actually would be what? One point? Well, because it's 2.5, so yeah, that's right. We're get like one 1.25, really. The Palestinians
1: parading naked girls that they raped and buddied, that they defiled through the streets of Gaza. Why, thousands, and I'm telling you, thousands, you can see the footage, jeered and cheered.
0: Every second, hot huh? Not true. Not true, in fact. It, it, the one he's talking about, you can only see about 30 people or so. Right, and all they're really saying is repeatedly stating atrocity claims over and over. And I'll show you some today. I've never said that means they're not true, but what I've and I've continued to say that is that that clearly means that we haven't proven those things if we don't have evidence to back them up. 1.15 million. That would be. That's not right. Somebody in chat. So 1.2.5 million would be 1.25. I'm pretty sure. <laughs>
2: House has this entrance to um, actually. To an underground uh, terror city so they
0: base underground terror city think about how dumb this is when it turned out to be a, a waiting room with like five guns and and some dates
2: basically turned all the houses in the Gaza Strip to their own facilities
0: you see the point okay so if you ended by saying they've turned all the houses in Gaza into hamas facilities well then you just admitted that you don't think any of them are innocent so why would you start by saying we don't want to hurt innocent people? Because you don't, it's just it's such a transparent game. And how? Think about the kind of person it takes to lie like that. I mean, these are sociopaths, if not psychopaths. How do you lie like that? You understand this is not some some representative that believes they're doing right. Like you know, you're making that manipulation when you say those kind of statements. We don't want to kill innocent people, and you end by making sure they know that there are no innocent people there. That's a deception, obviously. I mean, it really does make my skin crawl, the kind of things we're seeing today. Now, here is Netanyahu, you know, of course, putting it out in English, which is directed at you. It says, today, the Palestinian Authority in Ramallah said something utterly preposterous, which you can decide whether it's preposterous and we'll go through the evidence. It denied that it was Hamas that carried out the horrible massacre at the nature festival near Gaza. It actually accused Israel of carrying out that massacre. Now, you know as well as I we can prove, and now they've admitted to, that they have killed their own people at the 7th. It's a fact, undeniable, verifiable fact. Despite all the people that would scream on Twitter, I'll show you next. It's not deniable. Harat's investigations, Israeli citizens, security teams at, at Berere, the helicopter pilots. I mean, it's blatantly obvious. But does that mean they, that no Hamas? I, I wouldn't say that because I couldn't, I can't prove that. But it should sure as hell open that conversation, right? So all they're saying, he's outraged that they suggested. Which, by the way, I don't even know if I believe the way this went down. Because, again, I'm very clear. I clearly believe the Palestinian Authority is a tool of Israel. As the West Bank and Gaza, I think, predominantly believe. And I think we can quite frankly prove that. Robert's been talking about this for years. So when they say that, that would arguably, I think, mean, in my opinion, that that would be something they wanted them to say to create this conversation. They're denying 9-11 kind of a thing, right? But you see, they've already lost control of this. You can't pretend like denying it's a bad thing when you've already been exposed for lying about what actually happened, including that you killed your own people, arguably by by intentionally when we get into the Hannibal directive conversation, which means the directive, which is a public is a, now a public Israeli directive, which means that they will kill hostages if taken to avoid them being used against them in the future. We've gone over this. It's a state. It's an open policy now, but people know about it. And Israel, I'll show you a colonel of Israel's military talking about it. But he says it denied that Hamas, uh, that, that it was Hamas that carried out the horrible massacre. And arguably that could mean that they went in and took hostages. And then all of the bad things that happened were because of the IDF and then possibly covering up what they did by making atrocities to argue Hamas was that bad. If you think that's not possible, you don't understand history. It actually accused Israel of carrying out that massacre. That is a complete reversal of truth. Abu Mazen, who, is the, who in the past, this is Netanyahu still, has denied the existence of the Holocaust. Today is denying the existence of Hamas massacre. That's, hurts, that's unacceptable. Right. Of course, you have to pull that in. 9-11, Holocaust. You're trying to make this that kind of an element. They've already lost control of the narrative. It's not working. Not even Israelis are on that mindset right now. My goal is that not I shouldn't say every one of them but my point is the clear momentum in the in the leading media apparatus uh, you know Haaretz Times of Israel and so on and the polls they're taking I'll get into it with the Times of, or the anti-war article that goes over that they've lost control of this but it says my goal is that the day after we destroy Hamas any future civil administration in Gaza does not deny the massacre does not educate its children to become terrorists which, again, this idea that all they do is train them to hate Jews, this is a manufactured propaganda tactic. Now, I've never said that there's not people that hate, that there's racist in any civilians, any society, anywhere in the world. But all you, and, and by the way, if you want to start going tit for tat and you want to show a video of somebody saying that they've been taught to do that, I could show you a thousand videos in Israel doing the same thing. But I'm not doing that because I'm not stupid enough to argue that that one Israeli Jew saying that means that everybody in Israel hates all Palestine. You see, that's stupid. But we we all used to know that was stupid. But it says does not pay for terrorists and does not tell its children their ultimate goal in life is to see the destruction of the state of Israel. Now, paying for terrorists, terrorists is something else Robert's broken down. It's also an illusion. The idea that what they ultimately do in any case is take care of Palestinian families after somebody gets killed. Right? So when Israel kills a member of whether it's Hamas or a Palestinian, what they do is take care of their family and they contort that into benefiting a martyr like it's just and you you could see it however you want but at the end of the day it is not about whether or not they end up carrying out an attack right so somebody can get shot driving down the street and they and they take care of the family so it seems pretty clear what that's really about but you can you know you could contort these things into whatever you want it says that's not acceptable and that's not the way to achieve peace well i don't think quite frankly i think we all begin to see that the last thing israel wants is peace but here's what he has to say an authority spokesman in Ramallah said something utterly
1: preposterous it denied that it was Hamas that carried out the horrible massacre at the nature festival near Gaza it actually accused Israel of carrying out that massacre this is a complete reversal of truth Abu Mazen who in the past has denied the existence of the Holocaust
0: yeah it just seems like the exact same you know it's exactly what I read end of the day to argue that they have no culpability in this, or that it's not even a valid statement to point out that they, or rather, a valid question to wonder whether or not this is the way it went down. I, nobody's buying this, right? I mean, you can just you know take time to read, like it's as much as you can see. It's you, you get a pretty damn close ratioed kind of situation here. It's not, clo- it's not exactly, but when you read through these comments, man, I mean, it is outrageous, and it's not. Read them for yourself. So here is what I think is important. And we'll get into the actual article that just came out from Haaretz, only in Hebrew, of course, which none of the corporate media is talking about, obviously, that makes it very clear that they shot people that were at the festival. IDF, military helicopter, firing at terrorists, apparently also hit some revelers. It's a fact. But first, the Cradle Report, speaking with Haaretz, this is our Israeli reserve pilot, Colonel Nof Erez, speaking with Eretz, describes Israel's army response to October 7th as a mass Hannibal. The Hannibal directive orders the army to kill their own to prevent them from being taken captive to be to eventually being used against them like we're seeing today. Right? It's obvious. And we've went over this in depth. It's not up for debate. This is a real directive, just like the, uh, I think it's the Duhuare or the, the mowing the grass directive or policy. All these things are easy to look up. And here he is, literally telling you this. And I think, though, I think this was actually in. Um, I think I have it anyway, but it, it's subtitled, so I have to read through it. <inaudible> he
1: said, we didn't know.
0: We don't know whether the hostages were hit once gunships and drones started to fire at the fence once they saw the mass traffic through the fence that was coming in and coming out. He says,
1: <inaudible> but
0: Hannibal Directive is intentional. If it was deployed. It was an intentional act. Well, obviously, it's, it's a directive that, they, that they, act, they play out if necessary. It says if hostages were hit unintentionally, then that is something else.
1: No, honey, Hannibal
0: Directive was probably deployed because once you detect a hostage situation, this is Hannibal. Guys, There's no misunderstanding this. If hostages are taken, then they deploy Hannibal Directive, which means then they shoot hostages to avoid them from being taken. Like, what's crazy is just stating this publicly and showing the discussion, showing you a colonel making this claim, you can read about the Hannibal Directive. Still, people almost reflexively go, that can't be true, because it sounds crazy. Largely because of the way you've been engineered to see Israel, the Zionist government, not the people of the country, but really just because it's so absolutely grotesque. It is the worst. It shows you the reality of what government is, in my opinion. They don't care about you. He says,
1: he says, but the Hannibal,
0: but the Hannibal we have been conducting drills for over the past 20 years relates to the case of a single vehicle containing hostages. You know, which part of the fence it comes through, what side of the road it would move to and which even which road. Right. So they practice for one example, right? Where one car takes us, takes in Israeli hostage and they have to deal with that. And of course, the point is, they then kill and bomb that car. It's not that difficult. And kill everybody inside. He goes on to say what we saw here was a mass Hannibal. It's as simple as that. All the cars that were fleeing, they killed them all. Very simple. This is obviously what happened. Now we have the evidence. We had it to begin with because they admitted it, people that were there. Now we've got the investigation of Haratz. We've got the colonel on the record saying that's what would happen if this was the case. And we know that was the case. And he's saying what well, we saw there was a mass Hannibal. So the point is these helicopter pilots said the same thing. They went, they fired, they went, home, they went back, they, they loaded up, and they went back and they did it again over and over and over. That's their statement. And all these cars, you can see, that's why they moved them when you see that image of them all up in one area, so you don't recognize they were shot as they were driving away. Which means that I guarantee you, in my opinion, a hell of a lot more of these prisoners were killed than we know. And they've already used some of these burnt-up hostages in these cars to claim Hamas did it, even though we know they don't have the ability of didn't at that moment, and probably don't in general, to do that. And it's obvious it was a Hellfire missile based on the evidence. A moon- or something, cul- or something similar that it can cause that kind of destruction. But that's, lo- that's arguably what we know they have. Mm-hmm. It says, it was an impossible mission to identify and to do what they, the pilots, did. He says, I know that whoever had the weapon systems available, both drones and gunship pilots, did whatever they could without the con- coordination with ground forces because these weren't around. Pretty damn simple. Crazy. So, for those that haven't seen it, this is Heretz.com.co.il. It's a Heretz website. It's the Hebrew version. And this, of course, what's interesting, even the people like Narfall and the rest of them, they saw this, and instead of reporting, oh my gosh, look, they reported they shot their own people. Even Harets made it the, as they call it, burying the lead. They wrote, they wrote assessment in the security establishment. Hamas did not know in advance about the festival. It's like, I, I get that there's some element of that that then argues that they, I think what the point was, it makes them seem more vicious. That they didn't know about it, but then went after them because we saw people. But I don't know why, I, I don't know, wouldn't it arguably be worse if they planned to go after them? Like, it's just such a strange thing to make the focus. And that's my point is people like Narfall would like, breaking news, they didn't know about the festival. And you're ignoring the most... <laughs> The hugest part of the story, as it says even here, according to a police source, In the, again, now we have a police source. We've got a security source from the actual place that this happened. Not Actually, not for the cars, but back to the the kibbutz or kibbutz, whatever people keep trying to correct me on. And people that were there and, and the helicopter pilots. So, I mean, there's endless amounts of sources from internal, like these are inside sources in Israel's, infrastructure and we're still debating this according to a police source an investigation into the incident also revealed that an idf combat helicopter that arrived at the scene from the Ramat at david base fired at the terrorists and apparently also hit some of the revelers who were there pretty damn obvious and if th- this is just on top of what we already sh- showed you now what's funny is I, now jackson hinkle has been pointing out a lot of good stuff but my quite frank opinion is very kind of there's been a lot of stuff that I don't agree with, a lot of subjective stuff, but people say it about me too, so I'm, I, you guys decide for yourself. My point is, he pointed this out, sharing this clip, which, by the way, you can prove was the helicopter pilot showing them shooting at cars as they were fleeing. It's very obvious. Now, with everything else, it's undeniable. And he simply says, and it's absolutely accurate what he says here, Israel and Harrets have now confirmed, uh, he meant confirmed, that the Israeli helicopter murdered Israeli civil- civilians. And he didn't say all of them everywhere, but this is absolutely correct and then Susan Sarandon cheered it. I love how it's people challenging people's orthodox like paradigm mindset. It's hilarious. As he says, Susan Sarandon retweeting a far right anti-semite who is posting a lie is it, it is where we are. Just exploding his brain cuz I ah, we I don't know, I, my paradigm is being shattered. Point is, it's a fact. You could prove this. As this said, as Max points out, Israeli soldiers undoubtedly shot Israeli civilians. That's her word. Survivor of Kibbutz Raid on the RA says in an explosive interview. We've already played this for you. It comes from the Electric Intifada, which is the link right here. As you can see, it says, at the time, well, I'll just play this real quick. It says, when they came, when, when they can hear me to stop firing, she yelled at the IDF, basically. So she's saying, and he starts to leave the house with me. And he said, the time I yelled to these rally commandos when we we're all ready, when they can hear me to stop firing. She says, yes. And he said, and they heard me and stopped firing. I see people from the kibbutz on the lawn, dead people. There are five or six hostages lying on the ground outside, outside, just like sheep to the slaughter in the face of shooting by our commandos and the terrorists. And he goes, the terrorists shot them? And she says, no, they were killed by crossfire. Understand there was very heavy crossfire. So our forces may have shot them, he asked. Undoubtedly. Now, right up until that point, you could argue that, maybe, well, the crossfire, it could have been, maybe, you know, where they would argue IDF would be sure to avoid them. The point is, she said, no, undoubtedly, they shot them. She just can't confirm that they shot every one of them. You can listen to the whole thing. We've, done, we've played this entire thing on the show. This is Israeli state media, or radio, excuse me, parets, state radio, mainstream media, like video version, police force, helicopter pilots, security forces at the very Kibbutzba area. That was the focus, they, they claim. I can't believe we're even still debating this. So the real question becomes how many? I'm not going to even begin to argue that we, that would that, that Hamas would not be capable of killing people. But this does open the door to wonder whether or not it was strategically the thing they would want to do, whether that was their objective. And every other part of the story seems to question that. But still, we don't know. The interesting part of it though is you then you get the Israeli government coming back around and saying, like sticking to their day one story which is pretty embarrassing. And then, of course, even more embarrassing, continue to show the Zionist influence over the, U- the, U- the U.S. government. After all the evidence, John Kirby stands up and says, men- and then it says, uh, says information mentioned by an Israeli official investigation proving an Israeli military Apache bombarded the Nova Festival is not right, he says. Instead, or excuse me, he insisted, without providing any details or evidence, It's just so embarrassing. So I guess they're only aware of this one report and not everything else, and this was just supplementary to, or they just think you don't know about that stuff. This is how they work, guys. You just deny, 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 deny. That's what they're doing. They've lost control of this, undoubtedly. Efrat Bengensen, who continues to break this down, says the observers warn, and this goes into the conversation of whether or not they allowed this to happen to begin with. This adds to that. The observers warned, the commandos ignored, she says. If you continue to harass this, you will be brought to trial. This is an article she shared, and I'll show it to you. It says, as time passes, more and more evidence accumulates, indicating early signs of the of the terror attack on October 7th, which, to be clear, guys, was not a terror attack. I, I mean, I shouldn't say it like that. The act itself, to begin with, was protected under international law. That's how you should say it. What ended up happening afterward, if they did all the terrible things they are accused of, well, of course that's a terror attack, or whatever you want to call it. It was a crime. I think the word terror has become you know so wildly over-propagandized. My point, though, is to just blatantly call this all terror. T- it's not true. And I'm not trying to make some kind of a contentious statement. It's just, again, the truth. They're an occupied territory. And per the Geneva Conventions, an occupied territory has the right to armed struggle, armed rebellion. I just It's just so frustrating that this thing continues to get pushed to the side. That it's, and people should have courage enough to make that statement because it's the easily proven fact. So that's the case. It's a it's legally protected invasion, and then crimes were committed. That's the way it needs to be addressed. In any case, it says new evidence exposes the depth of disregard and the threat to the observers who warned. Not only did they ignore what was happening, and don't forget, we talked about the stand-in orders, the, the warnings from other countries, and then people inside their military apparatus said, we see this, and they said, stop bringing it up. If you bring it up again, we're going to take you to trial. Does that sound normal? The observers are not receiving clo- close uh, psychological support, she says, and commanders demanded they return to duty or sign a waiver. Those observers felt that they were being, weren't being were being listened to, that they what they saw wasn't being taken into account. Some of them decided to report one of the senior commanders in their division, and this was the response they received. I don't want to hear about these this nonsense again. If you bother me again with these things, you will face trial. Here is from an Israeli outlet. The female observers warned. The commanders ignored. Oh, I think I had it highlighted before. Uh, it's right here. Hold on. It says, yeah, it says last night. said we published the testimonies of female observers who served near the Gaza border. Testimonies tell how for months, months, they warned repeatedly about changes they were seeing in the field. According to them, they told their commanders that they were trainings, anomalies, preparations right near the border. Think about that guys like exactly what would raise flags. Among other things they described how more and more people who had never visited the area suddenly came to it. How farmers who used to come to the day day after day suddenly to work the field suddenly didn't come anymore and different people replaced them. And 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 above and above all they recognized other features one that made them ring all the bells, the alarms. These female observers felt that they were not being listened to, that what they were seeing was not being counted. That Though there were those who decided to alert their senior commanders again, and they were told, I don't want to hear about this again, this nonsense. If you bother me with these totally legitimate concerns about security, you will stand trial. Come on, guys. Come on. I'm speaking to those who are on the fence here. It's very obvious to me. Now, not all the details, but if we can't begin to see that there's obviously some foreknowledge and some allowance or some coordination to this, we're lying to ourselves. That is crazy. Now, again, don't forget all the different articles. This is the one I think is kind of the best suited to share. October 7th testimonies reveal Israel's military shelling Israeli citizens with tanks and missiles. It's October 27th. We've gone over this many times. One of the people, one of the, the ones I see that doesn't really get reported on most of the newer ones. This one's important where their own Brigadier general admitted that they bombed one of their military installations, which had people of their, they had their soldiers in it. And then they blamed it on Hamas. It's easily proven, as well as all the other things we saw. This one is the the video we talked about. The bombed out houses, which there's no way Hamas did this. So they were, and now we know, we've proven that they were shelling these houses with hostages in them as their own people reported to their own media. I mean, do you, do you not, for the average listener, this is why the Israeli media, uh, citizenry are outraged because they know this. It circulated their communities, they're very aware of this. And not only that, now they're choosing to go with their ground invasion instead of getting the hostages out, ignoring possible exchanges since the first week, as I'll show you right now, in case you don't believe that. This is from Times of Israel from, uh, this was from October 14th. National Security Council head says, on the record, Israel won't negotiate with Hamas, even though that's what they're now saying they're considering. And this is on regarding hostages. Why? It wants to remove Hamas from power first, which means kill all Palestinians. The point, though, is why then are we told in the media that they're working on it? Or that it's because Hamas has never offered. Yeah, we've heard all those too, right? How dumb that is. Even though they're telling their own people that's what, it's just such a constant game of lies. And here's Vice News that says, again, with the the sources they have from the Israeli government, they wanted a ground offensive before a deal. And this is the important part. He says, it's not clear the Israelis wanted a ground offensive under... It's clear, excuse me, they wanted a ground offensive underway before considering the proposal, which has been on the table since the first days of the conflict, says a regional diplomat. So the point is, they're saying Hamas immediately said, okay, We have your people. We want our people back. Um, Israel said, no. I keep showing you this. That's happened at least four times as far as I could tell. Apparently, it's been on the table continuously since the beginning. What does that show you? It shows you that they don't care about these people. In fact, in my opinion, it shows you that they would prefer they not come home. And I think that's because they know what they know. They know what they would tell them when they came home, like the others have already. One, they're treated kindly by Hamas assuming that's what happens, but I'm saying that's what's happened already, and that they know they were shot at by the IDF in some cases. I th- Some of these are important, I think, because they were the ones that were in there when I think that there was an example of the husband that was killed in one of those homes, and that's the two people they offered to release, and Israel called it psychological warfare and turned it down. So, if the first days this was offered and they continue to refuse it, it's not, it's not debatable what's happening here. They're only going to decide to take this up when they think it benefits them. They do not care about the people, and that's why those people are outraged. And your media is not telling you this. This is at the Knesset, and it says at where the national security minister, Ben a as she writes, smirking racial supremacist and ex-terrorist and his minions are screaming at families of Israel hostages. You don't have a monopoly on pain. So when your government talks down to you about how you don't care about this or that, And how Israel's doing all it can to save people. And that's all this is about is rescuing people. That's why it's all important. And meanwhile, they routinely turn down hostage exchanges. Even when they offer to just give them up for nothing, mind you. That's happened twice. And one time they released them anyway. And that's the woman that came out and said, they treated me kindly. Not only that, but their, their people want them back. And they're telling them they don't have the right you don't have a monopoly on pain so who exactly is israel fighting for itself its government its zionist agenda counter to the people and the and to people anywhere that's the reality to me now this there's no there is no uh it's there's no captions but it's very clear the hostility these people are are showing toward their government
1: אני
3: מטפס בילד. אני מטפס בילד. אני מטפס אני
1: אני
0: now, right now, this is
4: just we're
0: Angry they are. They're there for the podcast. They're, these are all family members here holding the pictures of their taken people. Now, the way the government presents this to the Western world is that they're all on the same side. They're all in lockstep to fight Hamas to the end. It's a lie. As far as I can tell via poll and anything else, the vast majority of these people, one, want Netanyahu out of power, believe that he's responsible for this, if not involved, and just want their people back. And yeah, a lot of them then want to go on and kill all Gaza or all all Hamas specifically. And some of them may want to kill Palestinians too. I, I think that happens, uh, you know, again, that exists everywhere. There are people that will feel that way. And there are people on the Palestinian side that specifically want to kill Jews. The point is that exists anywhere, but I don't think it's a majority on either side. My point though, is that in this case, these people just want their families back. And th- the government that's telling the world that they're doing that are shouting at them and telling them, you don't have a, a court, the core of the market on pain or whatever she said, like, that's just despicable. We're all being lied to, including them. (laughs) It's just important to understand that. Now, going to the anti-war article, it's a great article, by the way, written by <clears throat> Ramzi Baroud and uh, Ramana Rubio posted today. It says on Saturday, November. Well, the title is "Rape ISIS, Mein Kampf, and Other Lies: How Israel Lost All Credibility." And my, the government we're talking about here, in my opinion, on Saturday, November 11th, Israeli military spokesman Daniel Hagari claimed in a press conference that Israel had killed a terrorist who had prevented a thousand civilians from escaping Al Shifa Hospital which doesn't really make sense, and that's the point they're making. The allegation made no sense at all, even by the standards of Israeli propaganda. Falsifying such a piece of information while providing no context and no evidence further contributes to the deteriorating credibility of Israel in an international media and image worldwide. The point being that only to people that are only listening to what Israel says is happening and not looking at any facts or data anywhere else would believe that what's really happening is these people are being held hostage in the hospital. That's the only thing going on. But anybody, anywhere listening to anything else can see that that's not that's verifiably false in the sense that you you could argue that Hamas might be present I think that's been proven to be wildly false my point is you you can't simply argue that it's all one big human shield hospital because it's obviously not true by a million different metrics we've already shown you but nope the people that want to believe this don't really care about that But it says just one day earlier, an unnamed U.S. official was cited by CNN as saying in a diplomatic cable, quote, we are losing badly on the messaging battle space. Funny how when they speak to the State Department briefings and elsewhere, they say completely different things. The diplomat was referring to American reputation in the Middle East, in fact, worldwide, which now lies in tatters due to blind American support for Israel, rather government support. It says this credibility deficit can be witnessed in Israel itself. Not only in Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu losing credibility among Israelis, according to various public polls, which he links to right here, but the entire Israeli political establishment seems to be losing the trust of ordinary Israelis as well. It says the Israeli military, and by the way, this is, I've been, this is an objective fact as far as I can tell. Everything backs this up. They're on polls, the Israeli media It's all over the place. So just realize this is not some new thing. It's obviously there. You could dispute where the percentage stands. But you have to admit that a huge portion of Israel's population is not even remotely where they tell us they all are. But it says the entire Israeli population is losing the trust of the ordinary Israelis. The Israeli military, on the other hand, speaks of and pen... Oh, and what they're trying to say here is they're, they're making the argument that it's sort of the roles have shifted. That historically, you have these situations going back to, like, they they referenced 1967, where the Israeli military was clearly winning, but yet the Arab uh, politicians were on the radio saying, we're just about to take over Tel Aviv, basically just spinning lies in hopes that it would turn something. And so now what they're saying is, interestingly enough, it seems completely stitched around, where, you like it says, you could see all these, like, well, basically breakdown by breakdown coming from the Qazim brigades, showing you what they're doing, showing you every action. Which, in some degree, you could argue they're lying, but it's clear that as it goes forward, that what they're showing you is pretty much what's happening. And then what you get from Israel are a bunch of statements and narratives, and nothing gets backed up. And so it, it's beginning to feel reversed. And whether that's true or not, they're making fun of that. It says the Israeli military, on the other hand, speaks of impending victories, killing the, of unarmed, quote, terrorists, and destruction of countless tunnels while rarely providing any evidence. The only evidence provided is the intentional targeting of hospitals, schools, and civilian homes. <clears throat> Says From the first day of the war, Palestinian doctors, civil defense workers, journalists, bloggers, and even ordinary people filmed or recorded every Israeli war crime anywhere and everywhere in the besieged strip. And despite the continuous shutting down of the internet and electricity in Gaza, <clears throat> by the Israeli military, Palestinians kept track of basically every genocidal act taking place. The precision of the Palestinian narrative even forced U.S. officials who initially doubted Palestinian numbers, to finally admit that Palestinians were telling the truth after all, but they're still trying to dispute those numbers. Barbara Leaf, Assistant Secretary of the State for Near Eastern Affairs, told a U.S. House panel on November 9th that those killed by Israel in the war are likely higher than what's being cited. Indeed, every single day, Israel loses credibility to the point that in the initial Israeli lies of what had taken place on October 7th eventually proved disastrous. To Israel's overall image and credibility on the international stage. It says, in the euphoria of demonizing the Palestinian resistance as a way to justify Israel's forthcoming genocide in Gaza, the Israeli government and military, the then, then journalists, and even ordinary people, were all recruited in an unprecedented Hasbara campaign aimed at painting Palestinians as human animals, per the words of Israel's defense minister, Gallant. Within hours Of the events and before any investigation was conducted, of course, Netanyahu spoke publicly about decapitated babies, supposedly mutilated the hands of the resistance. Gallant claimed that young girls were raped violently. Even former military chief rabbi Israel Weiss said he had, quote, seen a pregnant woman with her belly torn open and the baby cut out. All of these things have at the very least never been verified, but I very clearly believe they've been proven to be false specifically the pregnant woman being torn open, that is a, a horrifying reality that took place decades ago at the hands of Israelis to Palestinians. It's a classic example of some of the most horrific things that were done throughout the last so many decades. It's a verifiable fact. Now, I'm not saying that means it wouldn't be able to be done in reverse, but it's something that immediately came out and all of these were the atrocity propaganda level, and it's just so obvious that none of those things later turned out to be provable. It says, even the supposedly moderate, Israeli President Isaac Herzog made ludicrous statements on the BBC on November 12th. When asked about Israeli airstrikes on Gaza, Herzog claimed that the book Mein Kampf, written by Adolf Hitler in 1925, was found in a children's living room in northern Gaza. On top of that, don't forget, he argued that they found chemical weapons instructions in the pocket of one of these people and then showed a literal book cover that you could prove was not what he said it was. And that's why they haven't brought it up again. Like, it's just throwing it at the wall, see what sticks. I don't know why they are this bad at it right now. And of course, it goes on. There were the repeated references to the ISIS flags, remember, that for some reason were carried by Hamas fighters as they entered southern Israel on October 7th, among other fairy tales. The fact that ISIS is a sworn enemy of Hamas. And that the Palestinian movement has done everything in its power to eradicate any possibility for ISIS to extend its roots in the besieged Gaza Strip seems irrelevant to Israel's unhinged propaganda. Expectedly, Israeli, U.S., and European media repeated the claim that the Hamas-ISIS connection was there with no rational discussion or the the minimally required fact-checking. Just repeated move forward. But with time, Israeli lies were no longer able to withstand the pressure of the truth emanating from Gaza, documenting every atrocity and every battle, and obfuscating any drummed-up Israeli allegations. Right, that's kind of what I've been saying: is that you know whether you think their allegations are true or not, it's just a statement. Then you look over here and you see dead bodies piling up, literally in front of your face. It's it, it, for the average person; it was not hard to understand what was going on. It says, perhaps the turning point of the relentless series of Israeli lies was the attack on the Al-Ali Baptist Hospital in Gaza on October 17th, which we have proven as clear as day was an Israeli strike. Even, I think it was the BBC went on to argue that we can prove that what it was like, I think they ended up saying it was more likely an Israeli shell based on the evidence that we can prove it was not one of their wayward rockets. Yet, people still repeat these things. And understand that this was broken down by many different analysts. That It was undeniable. And as then they go on to make the point that I've been saying that makes it kind of obvious anyway. It says, though, me, though many adopted and still sadly defend the Israeli lie, that a, re, a resistance rocket just fell on the hospital. The sheer bloodiness of the massacre, which killed hundreds, was for many a wake-up call. One of the many, and don't forget, remember what Eli David said? It didn't even happen. It turned out it's not real because look at the building is right there. Well, it bombed in the parking lot, right? And, and then now later he goes back and says that it was their fault. Of course, so we just forget that you tried to lie already. Like these people are all doing the same thing. They throw out whatever they can to get you distracted, looking in a different direction. And whether they get called out or not, they just move to the next one. It's lie after lie after lie. One of the many questions that arose following that bombing of a hospital, if Israel was indeed honest about its version of events regarding what took place at the hospital, Why did it bomb every other hospital in Gaza and continue to do so for weeks? And also, explain for me why they would drop leaflets around Ali Hospital that say we're about to bomb this place, get out of the way, and then go, oh, Hamas did it. I don't think they had, I I think, honestly, I think that was the first example where they weren't sure how to play this. What's going to make it better? If we claim Hamas did it like we have in the past, but it didn't work because we broke down real time, we could prove it wasn't. So then they said, screw it, let's just switch to saying human shields. That's what seems to happen. And now they've gone to bomb every other one, and now they own it and just say, well, Hamas was there. How do we not see how inconsistent and obvious that is? Now it says, there are reasons why Israeli propaganda is no longer able to effectively influence public opinion, even though mainstream media continues to side with Israel, even when the latter is committing a genocide. Firstly, it's that Palestinians and their supporters have managed to cancel Israel using social media, which, for the first time, <clears throat> overwhelm the organized propaganda campaigns often engineered on behalf of Israel in corporate media. I think it's because of how much they lost during COVID-19 agenda and in many others. And I think people were already kind of like, I don't really trust you anymore. And this came out and they were just in, already in kind of a sense of questioning what was being. Thank God we should have always been there. But no matter what they say and what they yell, everybody's seeing this now. You can't come back from this. An analysis of online content on popular social media platforms was conducted by the Israeli influencer marketing platform called Humans with a Z. The study, published in November November this this month, admitted that, quote, while 7.39 billion posts with pro-Israeli tags were published on Instagram and TikTok last month, in the same period, 109.61 billion posts with pro-Palestinian tags were published on on the platforms which, of course, they frame as all pro-Hamas and all anti-Semitic. I'll get to that in a second. This, according to the company, means that pro-Palestinian views are 15 times more popular than pro-Israeli views. Now, it's not about popularity here, guys. I mean, I'm sure it is for somebody, or for a lot of people, probably, because that's how our society works these days. Siding with what you think is the whatever. The point is, though, overall, it shows you that the average person out there sees this. That's really important to understand that whatever they're screaming at you from their propaganda platforms on Twitter or those that are taken by them, or the media that still toes this line, or the governments that still think they can get away with this. We, as the people of the world, see it. Think about how powerful that is. This is what I've been talking about for 10 years. This is what it looks like when people stand up and push back not using paradigms not using party lines and just simply go we don't believe you hopefully we can do more than that too and i'm not talking about violence i never am my point is if we can mobilize people like this and this is why they're trying to shut down our connectivity we can change the world yeah i know it sounds a little bit touchy feely but it's real and i we can see it we're watching it happen look at how powerful this is secondly independent media the article continues Palestinian and others offered alternatives to those seeking a different version of events to what is taking place in Gaza, which my opinion, most people are thirsty, like dying of thirst for something different than the corporate media, which, by the way, is why they're trying to invent new things in corporate media. And I very clearly believe trying to co-op independent media everywhere they can. Thirdly, the surprise attack, in quotes, of October 7th was uh, deprived Israel of the initiative, right? Like to, to set the narrative before everything kicked off, sort of like the U.S. government does everywhere, right? It says not only regarding the war itself, but also the justification for the war. Indeed, their genocidal war on Gaza has no specific objectives other than just, I guess, kill Hamas, but also has no precise media campaign to defend or rationalize these unspecified objectives. That's a great point. I think this speaks to why it seems so disjointed and why they're kind of like flying by the seat of their pants and just saying things. And it turns out that statement contradicts this statement and they're they're just all over the place. That's Maybe that's why, because they didn't have any planning. But it says, therefore, the Israeli media narrative appears disconnected, haphazard, and at times even self-damaging. And finally, the sheer brutality of the Israeli genocide in Gaza. If one is to juxtapose Israeli media lies with the horrific Israeli crimes committed in Gaza. One would find no plausible logic that could convincingly justify mass murder, displacement of millions of people, starvation, and genocide of a defenseless population. Never has Israeli propaganda failed so astoundingly, and never has the mainstream media failed to shield Israel from the global anger, in fact, seething hatred for Israel's ugly apartheid regime. Not for Israelis, not for Jews, for the apartheid racist system of israeli zionist government as much as they think that's the same thing people now understand the difference thank god thank god for pe- and I, I mean that not in like some religious aspect of this i just mean that as the statement like thank you finally people see this i mean really guys we have to understand how important this is that the average person is finally going oh okay Zion, pointing out Zionism issues are not a racist. It's a political... Really, people are beginning to ask these questions. It says a whole generation... No, actually, it says the repercussions of all of this will most certainly impact the way that history will remember this current Israeli war on Gaza, which has, so far, killed and wounded tens of thousands of innocent people. A whole generation, if not more, has already built a perception of Israel as a genocidal regime, and no number of future lies, Hollywood movies, or Maxim magazine spreads will ever lessen that in any way. More importantly, this new perception is likely to compel people not only to re-examine their views of Israel's present and future, but of the past as well. That's my point. The very foundation of the Zionist regime itself predicated on nothing but lies. Guys, this is really important, and I'm so glad people are seeing through this. Now, on the on the back of the Zionist point, before we get into some more discussions of lies being broken down, Scott Ritter makes a really great point here. Now, this, I guarantee you, is being called anti-Semitic and racist, but it's the exact opposite. And that's the, the best they can do is try to conflate Zionism with, with Judaism. It's not. As plenty of Orthodox Jews around the world will tell you. At the very least, as an individual pointing out a government crime to say that's racist is such an obvious scapegoat. And that's the same thing he's doing here. He goes, let's be very clear. Scott Ritter writes, Israel is a state that can be geographically defined by the 1967 borders, right? Which would allow a state for Palestine. Israel, not the Zionist Israel, there's a difference, right? This is my point about the the people of Israel, whether whether w- without being led by the Zionist extremist government that the currently does. So he says, Zionist Israel is defined by biblical notions of a greater Israel. And this is what we keep showing you. Just type in greater Israel. It's not a secret. They believe they have rights by God to Jordan, to Egypt, to all of Palestine. And this is why these other countries are not really comfortable with that. They know what they ultimately want to do. It's not a secret. And, and even worse, it's not just that they want, in the Zionist sense, they do just want the power, I believe. But from the people that believe into the religious aspect of it, then I think that's the manipulation, quite frankly. They believe this is what God says it should be. So that means no matter what they do, it's the right thing, including a genocide of entire populations. Zionism, he goes on, is fundamentally un-American. I wholeheartedly believe that. Zionism, And then think about what that means when you have a Zionist president. Proudly, Biden says. And just because Trump doesn't say it does not mean that's not the case. He is one of the most pro-Israel presidents we've ever seen. Goes on to say, Zionism does not reflect American values. If you are an American posing as, as, as an Israeli settler, which is very common. You got New York Jewish people that go over to Israel and steal land from Palestinians. Why do we think that's acceptable? Nobody does. Not even the U.N., not even the U.S. government. They, they call them illegal. They just don't do anything about it. But he says, if you do that, you're not an American. That's his that's his opinion. But I mean, I, I understand where he's coming from. He says, if you're an American who is serving served as in the IDF as an American citizen, he says you're not. If you are affiliated with either the ADL, APAC, you should have to register as a foreign agent. Wholeheartedly believe with that. Agree with that. It, Israel, Zionist Israel is not a friend of the United States. Just the opposite. Zionist Israel attacked the U.S.'s liberty. Zionist Israel spied and currently spies on the U.S. government. It's obvious and provable. During Trump's administration, they found spy devices at the White House. Nothing happened. Zionist Israel has shared U.S. secrets with nations hostile to the U.S., including China. Zionist Israel has shared sensitive U.S. technology with nations hostile to the U.S., including China. Zionist Israel activity interferes with U.S. elections. So obviously, easily proven. Zionist Israeli officials openly brag about owning the U.S. Congress, including Netanyahu. Zionist Israel is the greatest enemy of the United States, if for no other reason than it has insinuated itself into every the very fabric of American political and social discourse, much like a parasite that takes control of its host. Of course, they're going to try to make it anti-Semitic. He's not talking about Jews. He's talking about the Zionist political entity, which, by the way, includes other things than Jews. So even the fact that they try to make it only about that shows how racist they really are. It says, Israel has a right to exist as part of a two-state solution where they, where there is a Palestinian state that operates on an equal standing with Israel. Zionist Israel has no right to exist. Nuclear weapons are a, are a tool of intimidation of Zionist Israel. Israel cannot possess nuclear weapons. The best way to defend Israel is to outlaw Zionist Israel. Got it? Very clear, my opinion, guys. The, 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 that's why they conflate these things. Now, his point before they try to jump to the second statement is that he's saying, yes, Israel has a right to exist under the legal decision that was made a long time ago about the two state solution, which, by the way, still gives them land that was not theirs. But it, but it understands that this was a long time ago. It's the whole analogy of the Native Americans and U.S. government. The point is a lot of people have grown up and lived here and they're born there. So point is you have to come to a current situation, uh, conclude uh, solution. And that's what they tried to do all that time ago. And they all yell, the Palestinians didn't accept it. It's such a lie. It's a easily proven lie. You know, like the lie they used to say that Palestine never existed. Or they still, I guess they say that again today. Or that they're all terrorists over there. I guess they say that again today. Stupid how we came right back to those blatant lies. That's why we're suddenly white, broad stroking all over the place. The point is, Zionist Israel does not have a right to exist. The the government that believes has a right to take land from other people at any cost. And then Vanessa Bailey adds to that, saying Jews have the right to coexist with Christians and Muslims in one Palestinian state, as they did peacefully before the British enabled the Zionist colonial settler project to create a state of Israel by dispossessing Palestinian people of their land. The Belfort Declaration, the point that she's making. And again, I do believe that it's this understanding that there are innocent people. Israelis that that don't, and they speak out. They're the ones protesting Israel to some degree, exist there that don't necessarily want to take anything from Palestine. The point would be that I understand the idea of a two-state concept, if that was ever possible, if Israel's government would ever allow that. For all those saying the Palestinians will never accept it, ask yourself why then you could prove every year since the last 75 years you can show Israeli politicians on the record saying we will never allow this to happen. Her point, though, is that if you really want to go back to the legality of it all, which is important, before all of this, well, Jews and and, and and Christians and Muslims all lived peacefully in this area. It's easily documentable, same with Iraq, until Zionists started bombing the Jews there to, ju- to justify the creation of Israel, according to many different scholars. And, you know, this, the provable history of the area. Now, on that same note, this I think is interesting. Again, because... 30 seconds ago in history, this would have been called racist. It still will. But because people are starting to understand there is obviously a difference between Zionism and Judaism. Now people are starting to find the courage to do things like this. Young Americans have formed an organization called the Olive Grove to expose any candidate who receives money from the Zionist lobby or who does not demand a ceasefire in Gaza and to support the candidate who does not take money from the lobby. Now, this is not some kind of a, like, well, let's put it this way. Assuming that this is the only thing happening, It's completely justified. These kind of groups exist everywhere that we want to know what, you know, the people that take money from big pharma, for example, it's sort of the same thing. They're all just lobbying groups. But of course, when you talk about the lobbying group for Israel, suddenly race gets added to it, which is confusing, right? (laughs) You even, even arguing lobbyist groups for Israel lobby, apparently is racist. (laughs) It's just the most ridiculous thing in the world. But My point is, assuming this does not become something that where, you know, they go to their houses or do anything about, because I do think there's a line crossed there, but people would disagree. I think this is important because I think once we truly begin to understand what I think I see, what I know I see in the Zionist entity, that we should damn well know who is influencing our politicians to vote against the interest of Americans and that we should have the right to call this out. Absolutely. Here's what they say.
4: Olive Grove. Currently, there are 33 seats in the U.S. Senate and 468, I think, House seats up for re-election. So we have a team of us working to research each candidate and if they received any money from AIPAC or pro-Israel pro-Israel PACs, as well as if they've called for a ceasefire and their opponents and whether their opponents have done any of those same things. We want to pack the House with politicians that speak for us, for the people, and currently the Democratic Party is not doing that. Yeah. Neither party. Right. But we, he- right. we hear you guys. We know that Project 2025 is scary. And the best way to combat that is to pack the house with people who are going to help us combat that. And not hold us hostage to voting for people who quite literally have no problem with
0: So we still... God, I hate that we... See, this is so sad that people have to self-censor. They're talking about genocide. But, you know, clearly you can sense paradigm in there. Two party stuff, you know, I, I, which I, I always tends to mislead these things. Nonetheless, I still think it's important that we do understand where, like, I, I frankly think this should be public for any of it. Any dollar going from a lobbying group to a politician should be publicly aware. We should all know about that. But you see, the point is they don't want you to because they know that that's where their decisions are made, right? They get paid by the lobbyists and they do what they're told ultimately. And then, of course, they also have gigs that are waiting for them as long as they lobby just right for the pharmaceutical industry or the merchants of death and the military industry. Right? That, ha- yo, you got a, a board seat at Raytheon waiting for you as long as you keep giving us the right deals. You got a board seat on Pfizer as long as you keep allowing those shots. Right? That's how this works. We all know this too. It's embarrassing that anybody denies that. It's blatant. They just always argue it's in the best interest of Americans. Or how dare you suggest I wouldn't also do what's right for you? <laughs> It's just so transparently stupid to think that they're going to somehow balance those things. Again, we've played the video many times about the Princeton study that literally cites their study that says the the average American has a near a minuscule, near zero, statistically insignificant effect on, uh, on the outcome of policy. That's their Princeton study based on whether or not our vote affects anything. And they found that we have, again, a near zero, statistically insignificant effect on the outcome. That's presidential elects. That's anything we're talking about because the lobbyists dictate what happens. And we all know this, but then the people in power suppress the concept and we all roll right back into the problem. And then, of course, the screamers online, they present as the majority, and it all continues forward. Now, getting into more of the lies. I want to start with this one, first of all, uh, because uh, Jason Bassler, who, again, now is working with The Last American Vagabond to do some social media stuff, which I'm very honored because I think he's an outstanding individual, Member formerly from the Free Thought Project just put this out today, and this is breaking down the recent lie we highlighted about them deleting, which we have a new point today deleting an image they claim from the beginning proved the rape allegations. Now I'm not making any other point here in this moment, other than they claimed this was the proof, and just like they claimed this image was accurate, and then deleted it. Now what we're talking about here is a is a government supported website and the reason the point is the reason i frame this as is israel guys because this is a website where all, all of the things they're showing on this website came directly from israeli in uh, intelligence like the, most of these things were not found anywhere until they posted them on this website because it was things that were coming from the secret screenings they were showing people so to argue that this just they just randomly found all this this is from israel's government and Israel itself has promoted this exact database. So let's not pretend like this is not something they have control over. My point is, they posted this, they, they were pointing at it, and this is in regard to that image of a, a woman with her underwear moved to the side, and then they deleted it because we called out and proved that it was from 2022 or earlier. As he writes, in the latest disinformation propaganda campaign, Israel's been caught red-handed using a verified picture as proof of rape committed by Hamas on October 7th, but it's an old image. Now, actually, two of these shows I'll show you, we talked about it. But first of all, here's the tweet, which I think is important for people to get a lot of reach on this, obviously, because people care about this. As I said, Israel used an image of a woman from at least 2022, claiming it was proof of rape at the music festival. This image, guys, on from like the ninth forward, was everywhere. The corporate media was pointing to it. Podcasts have talked about it. this I mean, I'm going to show you quickly the evidence again of even people they say were the witnesses, literally describing this image, we can now prove didn't actually happen there. How to explain that unless we're being lied to, even from people they're putting forward as witnesses. So first of all, you could see, I, I, I could bring up the databases, but I already covered this and I could show you that in general. My point is this on the way back machine, you can see the image we're going to talk about. And then if you go to the current one, as of which when I did this, I think yesterday, or right now as it shows, it's been deleted. You can verify this for yourself. The links are right here. My point is, And this is all you really need to see to understand this, this image, which you can see right here, as it says, Nova party victim raped and then killed. And this is the image we're talking about here is the image from 2022 right there. This was posted on Twitter. There's no way around this. This image came out in 2022 or I think it was before actually, but just because we can very clearly see the date and prove it was posted. I think that's, that's all you really need. But my point is, it was not in 2023. Okay, so, <clears throat> and, and what's, this was about Ukraine. And even then, my point was, I the very first show I covered this, I used the, the reverse image search, and I found an example where the IDF had used this before October 7th. And then weirdly enough, on the second show, I tried to do it again, and they say there's no examples this was used online, even though we're looking at one. TNI picks up Twitter too. So I guess that's another example of some kind of weird censorship going on. But I'm going to show you an example of that next, where we just caught them, somebody deleting the Al-Shifa Wikipedia page, which is where we talked about the tunnels when Israel built them. They already, somebody removed that. My point is, this one is obviously old. Here, eyewitness accounts where they say, as you can see, one of them had her underwear ripped to the side. And if you watch the whole clip, he's literally describing this image which we know didn't happen there. So very suspect. How do we explain that? Unless he's lying. Or this guy, who's been one of these guys towing the line from the beginning. Foreign editor of Jewish News UK, BBC World, or correspondent CBS, Sky News. Point right here. Two, the, the women lying in the festival, and the, there's two, two examples we're pointing at. He says one of them had their underwear half off. This is exactly the story. And if you listen to his comments, he's discussed this. He's talking about this image. You know Why? Because he was shown this in the special screening, allowing the screening by Israeli authorities. They keep pointing at it, and then they quietly removed it. And now they're not bringing it up anymore. Pretty obvious. Here was the show we talked about this, Israel caught using old image. You can watch it for yourself. Here is an addition to the story, which is why I brought it up again. This is from the 17th. Sexual Assault Center at Canadian University signs on to open letter that disputes women were raped and sexually assaulted during Hamas terrorist attacks in Israel. I mean, how, how, what, what, where's the tipping point here, right? Now, the only reason you're saying this, if you read it for yourself, is because there's not enough evidence to support it. And and now that we've gone this far afterward, and we have the Israeli information from Times of Israel that admits that they, they just didn't ask for it, or rather chose to not get forensic information and now we're past the point where they claim they can It the point is they chose not to that's very suspicious and the bottom line is if we don't have the evidence we can't keep claiming this is absolute provable fact like cnn and everybody else does so they signed the letter saying look it, their their point is all this does is it is it's almost insulting to people that have been abused because now they're uh, they're casting doubt on the allegations in general and then going even far enough to say believe all women using the claim. Two local politicians in Canada, Sarah Jama and a member of Ontario's provincial parliament, <clears throat> wrote an open letter which on Friday evening to uh, no other politician had signed, they're demanding a ceasefire, of course, you know all these politicians are cowards. It also denied women were sexually assaulted on October 7th, citing an unverified accusation that Palestinians were guilty of sexual violence. All right, the point is that's what Israel keeps screaming and there's a, there's no evidence to back it up. Or rather, no proof, I should say. Because obviously, arguably, my point is this would have been an evidence point, but that's already been, now that's not, a that's shown to be false. But we have the woman getting out of the car and so on. They're evidence, but there's not verifiable proof. Data, evidence can be shown to be false. That's the difference between proof and evidence. The bottom line is there's not enough evidence to show that this actually happened. And they know that. Now, here is what they're doing. Tell me this is not desperation. So they already put out the other video. It said, "Believe women unless they're Israeli," and they call and they they play a skit they made where the UN goes, "Oh, you're Israeli. We can't help you," which is literally not happening anywhere. They're literally just trying to make this. It, it's it's grotesque. So here's another one. They just script, they're believe Israeli women. Same thing. It, why is that even a valid statement? So you mean Israeli women ever lie, or any situation? I said the same thing during Kavanaugh. Just saying believe women is a really dumb thing to say. Believe men, believe anything, because that thing can't lie sometimes. But the point is, in this case, it's because it's about a desperate effort to push the idea that it's about disputing rape victims as opposed to the reality that there is no victim at this point in this circumstance, not to say it doesn't exist. I'm saying the only thing we have is Israel saying this and acting like we're not believing that Israel said this. I'm not, see, I'm not seeing people that have... I mean, my point is they claim there are victims that happened in Israel not that aren't dead, but nobody's heard from any of those. Maybe they exist. I'm not disputing that. It's horrible if it happened. What I'm saying is we as journalists cannot pretend we know that when we don't. It's just simple as that. And so when they keep saying, believe all Israeli women, the point is all we're told to believe then is that Israel said that they know that. That's a really stupid thing to believe. Here's what they put forward though, trying to manipulate you emotionally into just going along with their narrative.
4: Seventh, Hamas terrorists had specific instructions that were found in their pockets.
0: Oh, great. So, okay, so let's add this up real quick. So now we apparently found they had Mein Kampf on them. They had chemical weapons instructions. They had instructions exactly on how to rape women. They had verbiage on exactly how to say, take your pants off. Oh, except that's right. All of those have been shown to be false. Every single one of them, including, the, remember, they put out the thing that said they had verbiage on how to say, take your pants off. Nope. It turned out they lied about that, too. And the, it didn't say what they said it did. I mean, it just yet they just keep going.
4: To violate women. Women were raped. Women were murdered. Women were burned alive.
0: Right. The cars we talked about, which we've already proven, were not because Hamas just burned people alive, but rather that they shot them with missiles because they thought they were fleeing. But, yeah, they just keep pushing them. Now, understand again. I'm not saying I know that none of that happened because that would be dumb to say that because there's plenty of other open sections. Like there's unresolved points in all of this. But what I am saying is what they're doing now does not prove anything. And and that's all we've gotten so far. And a lot of what they put forward to try to prove it has been shown to be immediately false. Why is anybody still pretending these things change? Again, I don't think they do. I think everyone sees through this.
4: Their lifeless bodies paraded on streets in Gaza as civilians chant, spitting at them with pride.
0: Right. Now there's what they say thousands, not thousands. But my point is this. First of all, according to Newsweek and her mother, they took her to a hospital after that which certainly seems to challenge the narrative. But I, ultimately, and oh, then they went on to say that they found her head. And that turned into, no, just, they just, f- or rather they found her body with her head cut off. That turned into, no, we just found her skull. Oh, that turned into, we found a big bone. Oh, and that turned into, we just found a sliver of a bone. In one day, that was the story escalation. Her mother ended up pr- it, making it clear that they were told they found a sliver of a bone. They tested for DNA. And that's why they claim they know she was dead. But the reason they said she was dead is because they said the bone was big enough that if they, she didn't have the bone, that, were, that would mean she would be dead. But that got walked back to a sliver. But yet they still say she died. Quite frankly, I don't believe a thing Israel's government's putting forward. And the idea is, I think, quite frankly, that she was likely shot by an IDF member because if you watch the video, she's got a blood spot on her head. Looks like she was shot. That's what looks like it had. Now that could be Hamas, but it also could be IDF members. And then they took her to a hospital. Now, maybe she wasn't dead at that point. But then I can prove to you, as I already did, the hospital that they took her to, according to Newsweek, shut down within days because of a lack of fuel. So if she was on life support, she probably died. Or if they bombed the hospital, which they also did, she probably died. And no matter what happens, later if she died, they're going to blame it on Hamas. That doesn't prove anything, but it adds to the context of the reality, or the possibilities, rather. In this, back to this, As they reported, they took her to a hospital. Now, as they drive through a bunch of people, I'm not, why do we pretend like we are, okay, in any circumstance in the world, somebody will be hateful. Somebody will be ridiculous. Somebody will be on the other side of the narrative to argue that because people acted like this, therefore everybody there hates these people. It's just childishly binary. It is obtuse. But we all know that. Apparently we just lose our, our objectivity when it comes to this topic. White broad stroking a topic is ignorant. Now, look, those people are gross. Anybody doing that, I find it. I mean, look, even the people that feel they're justified because of the occupation, what does she have to do with the occupation? Like, even though you could point out that she was an Israeli, which maybe she meant she was an IDF member, I've never been able to prove that. But she was an Israeli, and they weirdly left that out when they reported this. They just said German tattoo artist. No, she's an Israeli German tattoo artist. That was discussed. But that still wouldn't justify what they would do there, in my opinion. But I guess. One person spitting or those people cheering suddenly means everybody there hates Jews. That's how this game is played. 200 and, oh, and really what's happening in my, we, this is something I haven't even talked about. The whole thing about them cheering on October 7th, I guarantee some of them were happy people got hurt. But what we have to understand is the vast majority of those people, in my opinion, were, were, these are people that have been under brutal occupation for 75 years. Every day, their lives are threatened. Their houses are overtaken. They're stolen from. Their wives are raped. It happens all the time. Those that deny it just don't know the under... It's, It's written in the Times of Israel. The point is that when this happened, it was a historic moment, again, that was legally protected under international law, not the crimes, but the act of invading. So they were cheering because it was a huge moment. How do we... Why would we even think those people cheering would even know what had happened yet? Think about that for a second. So you have people cheering in Gaza on October 7th and we're supposed to know that they know people were murdered in Israel. How the hell would they know that? The point is they were cheering for the fact that they were they they were the information got back to them that they had broken in and this was ongoing. Right? It was just and so you could argue that some of them did enjoy or cheer that people were hurt, but it just becomes really really ignorant to pretend that they were cheering because they all hate Jews. That's the only thing they can do. Despite the fact that both the Hamas charter Yes, the new charter since, however, a decade ago that very clearly argued they're not against you, but against the Z- Jewish people, but the Zionist entity. I mean, it's stated verbatim. And that all Palestinians are on the side of resistance and fighting for their own self-determination. And yes, that may overlap in some cases, but my God, can we not be this childishly obtuse?
4: Forty innocents were kidnapped. Over 100
0: women. Oh, 240 innocents? Well, right there, that's a lie. Because we know that at least half of them were IDF members, as they've now admitted. How many of them were security? How many were police? How many were settlers? I have a sneaking suspicion that it's most of them. But nonetheless, we know that at least a huge portion of them were IDF. That makes them military targets. They just continue to play this game that there is no international law when it comes to an occupied territory, when it comes to that occupied territory fighting against Israel. That's how the same thing with the US government, by the way. Syria is occupied, Iraq's occupied. They have a right to armed rebellion. So when they kill a military personnel, which I don't want to happen, whether American or anybody else, but when they do, it's legally protected under international law. But that doesn't matter because the U.S. government and Israel and the rest, they don't care about international law. They use it as a tool against their enemies. Women, little
4: girls, baby girls, Mm -hmm. 240 innocents were kidnapped over 100 women, little girls, baby girls.
0: Well, no, four was the youngest, apparently. They keep saying the baby point, which comes up. I think even Netanyahu said they're they're just pushing the idea of babies and toddlers when even their information shows that the youngest was four. And that was only a few of them. And from seven, eight and up after that. Now, I'm not I'm not saying it's okay. It's horrifying. They shouldn't have taken children. I don't even know why that would happen unless they were doing this for again. I think it came out that their argument was anybody in these occupation areas, therefore a target, which I disagree with. And that's why I've never maintained that they didn't break the law. But the idea that you keep pushing this in to be atrocity level propaganda, when all you're willing to do is just keep saying they they kidnap people, that's enough. But you see, they wanted to make it into something more. And of course, all of these interrogations, even though we can prove that things they've already claimed they admitted turned out to not be true, I guess we can't still wrap our minds around that people can be interrogated into saying things that they don't actually believe.
1: Kind of uh, I to the wrong point wrong.
0: is they've got people on interrogation saying to to rape them and, and take the babies and children. Which maybe it's true. Hamas I don't know. filmed it. But I don't I don't I sure as hell know that they've already made people say things that we know aren't true. So that should undermine whether that person says it, especially now that we have no evidence to back up these allegations, they keep pushing with narrative. Or rather, no proof, excuse me.
4: And the world saw.
0: So what they show you is Hamas filmed it, but that's that image of that woman almost smiling as he drives along with them, which is weird, I think. But either way, you know, they juxtapose this next to their narrative that sounds bad and then show a very benign image. But see, people's minds, they just go, oh, you know, it, it's just it's so it's manipulative.
4: And the world saw and women organizations stayed silent.
0: You see, this is because they don't know what happened yet. I just don't. I, anyway, why thing.
4: Why did they stay silent? Maybe they didn't hear about it. Maybe they don't have Internet. Maybe they were waiting for the right time. Well, in fact, on October 20th, the most leading women organization did speak up. God, I was excited.
0: It's just so weird. So you were excited, meaning what? So you you read the post and got excited. I mean,
4: UN women organization released a very concerned report for the displaced women from Gaza.
0: I mean, think about it. So she goes, Oh, so excited. But she's trying to make this dramatic. Her point is. She read it, and it wasn't about people in Israel. So at what point were you excited when, you, what, you were halfway through reading it? <laughs> I mean, it's just a really dumb narrative. The point is, nobody cares about Israeli women. That's the trying to push here.
4: But nothing for the displaced women from Beeri, near Oz,
0: Kfar Aza. Right. All the places where IDF were shooting their own civilians in some cases. Or these people, I mean, the idea that you're comparing people, <clears throat> pardon me, People who are living in an occupied territory, brought there by the occupying force, right? And living in settlements that are illegal, mind you, by international law. And then arguing that them moving other places because of what happened, which which I'm not saying is good. That's, that's terrible. I argue that both Hamas is for the actions, but Israel as well are responsible. The point, though, is that comparing these people to the millions of displaced people in Gaza, or a million plus at this point, I mean, it's just, it's insulting, isn't it? They all matter, obviously. All human beings matter. But for them to try to act like it's, they omitted this discussion when we, displacement? Are they now marching down some empty road with no food and water to an unknown destination? No, they're living in Israel still. Not really displaced, are they? You know what I mean? Like it's its insulting. And again, I'm not trying to downplay what they might've gone through. But what I'm saying is you to, when the, the issue is that she's trying to compare them. That's the gross part. Not that what this person went through over here doesn't matter. But when she does this, what she's doing is making that not matter. This is what, it's the same thing. When they're accusing them of rape, when they have no evidence, they're the ones undermining the reality of that happening. Not me.
4: Ashkelon, Sderot, that were attacked by Hamas. Nothing for the Israeli mothers that buried their daughters
0: and sons. Nothing. Nothing. You mean, so nobody's talked about all the, you mean, you mean aside from the entire media apparatus? It's just not even accurate. Everybody around the world was screaming about this up until they overtook it with their ongoing genocide in Gaza.
4: Nothing for the Israeli girls raped and left to be spit on. Nothing for 40.
0: Oh, so now we're just pretending we know that Shawnee Luke was raped, even though we don't. There's no evidence to that effect. Certainly possible, though. But this is my point. Stating things that we know they can't prove as fact. Why do people take them at face value?
4: For days, maybe Jewish women don't matter enough.
0: There it goes. Right. And you know what you're looking at right now? Most, I, I believe, actually, no, let me make sure I'm not incorrect. I believe those are Jewish voices for peace. But in any case, the point is most of these people talking about, oh, no, I'm sorry. I take it back. This is their side saying, bring them home now. But realize, it's the point I was making earlier. These people are asking for them to come home. They're not saying, yay, go on, bomb, and then get them home. No, they're saying, bring them home now. So it's weird they would show you this as if we're not supporting them. The reality is they're not supporting them. They're saying, bring them home now to them, to the Israeli government. That's who they're petitioning. Bring them home now. And they go, nah, we're going to keep bombing and waiting. we want to get rid of them first. Then maybe we'll consider that after we dig through the ashes. These people aren't stupid. They know what's going on. And think about how grotesque it is that they then use them to pretend that we don't care about Israeli women.
4: Because if you can't condemn a sadistic, barbaric, right. rape... The
0: same, the same videos, the same clips, over and over, in every single thing, it, it just doesn't... You'd argue there would be something else if there was that much evidence of this. My point, again, we don't know who this was. Look, I, look I'm a, it's most likely Hamas. It's most likely a Palestinian Hamas or a Palestinian Islamic Jihad very clearly. Right? And based on the evidence, it looks likely that she was abused because she's got beat up elbows and knee, bloods on her ankles and hands and blood on her pants. My point only to be objective as we should be unemotional objective always is that we don't know. We don't know who he is. We haven't proven where he went, who he's working for, or whether she was actually abused or simply sitting in blood on the ground. Right? It's, it's grotesque. It's horrifying that she's even taken. Is disgusting and wrong uh, if she's not a member of the IDF. But the point is that we don't know that. And yet they continue to push it out and say, we know. Even though when you ask for evidence, they go, well, we never took any. So we don't know. And and I I don't even know. She's apparently taken somewhere. We don't even know if she's alive. Maybe she was killed in one of their bombings.
4: This woman-hating terrorist organization, then who are you? I want to believe.
0: So if the UN isn't a hate, a woman-hating organization, who are you?
4: believe when you say humanity, not racism. I want to believe that Me Too means we too.
0: They're calling out the American people, understand.
4: We too ask you to say something. We too, Israeli women, ask you to do something.
0: I mean, it's like they're just trying to tap into any, any kind of movement. Believe women, Me Too, anything. Everybody just use this momentum to emotionally manipulate you into saying what we want you to say. Why won't you say what we want you to say?
4: I'm shaking. I shouldn't be here. These words shouldn't be coming out of my mouth. I shouldn't be telling you to keep your promise. But I'm here because I want my daughter to grow in a world that I'm proud to be part of—a world that protects all women. It's time to speak up before they come to your homes, to your mothers, to your child. And I warn—Are
0: yeah, you speaking to all the Palestinians that you're bombing and killing when they when you go to their doors and their homes and their families? Right, the guys—they don't matter. Right, like it's only it's redirecting outrage to one area, right? We we point out that people got hurt and killed and kidnapped, and it's horrifying, and no, and we should be outraged about it. And we care that we're now 40 days later continuing to murder people in Gaza. But when they would point, they get mad when you point at that. You should only care about this side. I mean, how is that not obvious? It's just grotesque. And what and, and well, here, let me finish it real quick
4: homes to your mothers to your child and i warn you they don't knock
0: and 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 that's supposed to be evidence right so we're going give us something that we can prove and they give you an image a video with the circulating things we've seen since the first two days and this woman giving you emotional manipulative ploys is that supposed to win you over only people that get either that already believe israel or already on a certain side or that are manipulated by emotional ploys. I don't think people buy it. You know, here's another one. This one is in regard to the Shifa hospital point. Now, I just wanted to go through this again because I just caught that they edited this on WikiLeaks. Or excuse me, uh, Wikipedia, excuse me. Now, I said something looks, looks like something. Uh, I, this is in regard to the... Uh, I, I showed you right here, I think, or I have it right here, I think. The... Wikipedia breakdown of the fact that Israel built an operating, uh, like basically an underground operation and tunnel system under Al Shifa Hospital in 1983, and then forward. It's it, it's all it's easily. This is just Wikipedia citing, but we've already talked about this. So what I think is interesting, first of all, is it looks like some bigger accounts have discovered the info about this tunnel structure. Just just remember how often, and this is my point I said earlier, that you see breaking information that was discussed weeks before on TLAF. Not a slight to anyone, just trying to demonstrate our value. And this is another one from Jason Bassler posted on November 17th, pointing out this breakdown, and this was our article. The first one on the topic on November 16th, and then the one after it, which I guess you can't see unless it loads. Nope. Oh, they got right here. Nope. (laughs) Too bad. Oh, this one. I think this was on the, oh, this was on the uh, 15th. So we have the reveal that Israel built a command center and tunnel system under Al-Shifa, followed it up by Israel caught lying about the Al-Shifa hospital. Now here, this is Syrian girl on November 19th saying, Breaking, Israel built a network of tunnels under Al-Shifa hospital in 1983. And she goes on to add to it. Israel has now released a video proving Hamas concreted them up and they were not operational, which you've all heard from us on the 16th, 15th and 16th. Israel has spent several days trying to dig up the Israeli-built tunnel, which Hamas buried to justify bombing the hospital. They claimed Hamas was using the tunnel to get in and out of the hospital. The video of the idea revealed shows the tunnel has been concreted, debunking the claim Hamas was using them at all. Also, the tunnel they dug up was outside, not inside or under the hospital, as they claimed. There is a cut scene at 122. We're going to go through this. The IDF are relying on the stupidity of others in not realizing the video they released has damning, has damned them. And I think, uh, oh, this, I just posted my, my episode underneath this so people could see it. And it's just funny that people go, like, the first response when I say they revealed they built this, right? False. That's nowhere near the hospital. Assuming. Assuming. All long. It's all people do on Twitter, all our Twitter files. I'm not not sure there are tunnels, but not at the hospitals. And I just said, it's openly admitted by the IDF. Are you claiming they're lying? You know, just putting them in a spot. probably doesn't want to do that. But a lot of people, sudden revelation. (laughs) I just keep pointing out that it's public knowledge. In any case, here's what it said. And it's just close. I'll show it to you on the live page too. When Israel occupied Gaza in the 1967 Six-Day War, the entire, and this is important too, the entire Egyptian administration of the hospital and staff were taken prisoner. Right, I mean, so is that not a crime? I mean, is that that is a protect? It's a hospital, so they wasn't they weren't claiming they were bad. They just took over the hospital for their purposes because that's what Israel did. Different time, they didn't care. Even if there was no internet, right? They they took them hostage. Then it says the hospital underwent a major Israeli renovation and expansion. Here's the important part. The architects also designed and built a a large array of underground infrastructure, which the IDF later pointed to themselves as part of the underground Hamas command. Then it says, in particular, in 1983, the Israelis built a secure underground operating room and tunnel network beneath building two of the hospital. So you understand, in 1983, when they did that, it was a functioning hospital. So are we not outraged that Israel would build a command center underneath a hospital? Well, apparently not. Now, today we talk about it and we, I guess, aren't allowed to mention that they already did that. Now, that doesn't then mean that they couldn't have also been using it, but I made that point to start today. It doesn't make much sense. They would still use it, even though they know they've been claiming that's the case for a very long time. I argue they make that public claim because they knew if they ever had to, they could go there and show you that tunnel structure they built and say, see? We told you, but that's what Syrian girl was saying. I bet you Hamas is very aware. I mean, I know they were aware this has been stated for a decade. They probably cemented this up a long time ago. So this would happen. So Israel goes in and they go, we're going to show you today. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> now we got to dig through, you know, four feet of cement. And that's why it's taken this long. And now they're showing you. It's just, it's very obvious what's happening here. And this is one more point to make that clear. Now on November 9th of this year, it, it said all the way at the bottom, a little bit different. The architects designed and built a large array of underground infrastructure, which the IDF later pointed to as part of the Hamas tunnels. Then, weirdly enough, on the 11th, it went dark. Like, weirdly enough, like, the whole page was gone, which shows you I think they were doing something, obviously, while this was happening. That's also very suspicious, the whole thing. Then it comes back. And they added this part. Now, I think, I don't know, I think this was meant to be something, this is the point of kind of like the disjointed aspect of this, whether this was per the Israeli government or not, that somebody changed this because of some interest, I argue, in maintaining a narrative. And this was added. In particular, in 1983, they built a secure, I think that was, they thought this would prove infrastructure was there. It would somehow benefit the narrative. Then it got exposed and we pointed to it and we were saying, look, it's obvious. They built this and now they're going to find something. And now it's gone. As of the 18th, they deleted it all. Everything. The first part and the second part. It says, now during a renovation in the 90s, we'll just skip right past that, a large basement was added, (laughs) which the IDF later said was appropriated by Hamas to store weapons. Wait a minute. What happened to the tunnel structure? What were we supposed to believe? It was a huge, intricate tunnel system with a command center? I guess they just or just decided to change that too. Now it's a basement because we found a basement. How much do you want to bet that changes in a couple of days and it goes back to something else? They didn't, the narrative changes. Think about how crazy that is. In real time, we're watching some element completely arbitrary. They know we're pointing at this, we, me and other people, and it's been removed. That's why, I, that's why I have the archive so you guys can look at it for yourself. Crazy. Now, bringing this forward to yesterday. The IDF has been telling the whole world, this is the IDF speaking, about the Shifa hospital. The operation is ongoing and is being conducted carefully, all in order to locate and dismantle Hamas infrastructure in the hospital. Right? So at first it was kind of like we weren't sure if we were going to claim there was. And then we said, oh, we found it. Here's the, they literally said, here's the command center. And they showed you a waiting room with like five guns in it. And then Kirby tried to say it was a command node to try to like water that down. And now I guess that they do find access to something. They go, wait, wait, never mind." Now we're about to show you the real one. I mean, I it just, it's really silly. It says, still don't believe us? <laughs> like, is, doesn't that itself scream dishonesty? Like, why would you have to say that? See for yourself the evidence shown as we edit this and delete it and put it back again. Really, really, here, here's what they posted. And this is just a edited version of what they posted earlier, by the way, because I believe that well, some of the things they show didn't work for them or expose things they didn't want you to see. Just like the laptop from before. But here's the current version.
1: At the Shifa hospital, to the back of you, you see intact the Qatari section of the hospital. Lights are on. The hospital is still functioning. This has been a very slow and gradual operation in discovering munitions, weapon caches. And tonight, we found the first very sophisticated shaft. This
0: shaft was in a sheltered area inside the hospital under a... Inside the hospital, right? And then what does he say? The hospital under a car that was full of weapons. Oh, okay. Wait a second. Under a car. You mean that white truck that you can see right there to the side? Oops, went the wrong way. Look at there's the white truck right there. Which was, remember, outside the hospital per their previous report, Right? So now we've conflated these two things together. Apparently the one that was, they didn't find it for two days, they said, because it was outside. Remember? Now apparently it's inside and it was under the car, which was a truck. And guys, that's the same amount. That's the same display. I'll show it to you right now. That's the weapons they claim were in, inside that truck, which we laughed about that they didn't find for two days. That's ridiculous. A pristine white truck. But now apparently they claim it was inside the hospital and that's where the tunnel was underneath the car. Really? Like, do they? I mean, this this is the most clumsy propaganda push I've ever seen. Under a car that was full of weapons, ready for forces that came near the hospital. I remember they said it was a booby trap truck, by the way, full of, I guess, and and by the way, I'm going to prove to you once we look at the other video that they very clearly added stuff to what they claim was in the truck, just like they did inside the hospital when BBC saw it and called them out for it. Forces that came near the hospital.
1: We're in a very threatened area, but this is important to show that we found the first shaft here inside the parameter of the hospital.
0: Well, wait a minute now. So that's the same what he's talking about, right? So you're telling me this was the thing that was under the truck? That's what he just said. But wait a minute. That's that's the truck right there, and it's not even the same ground. It's concrete. Okay. I I mean, I don't know why they think they can get away with this clumsy stuff, but let's watch the next one too. Well, first let's go back. So you can see this is posted by the IDF. This is their, their post. It's right there. So here's the one we showed before. I said, this just keeps getting more and more ridiculous. And my point at the time on the 17th was, so after two days, they just quote discover a spotless truck right outside in plain view with some guns and ammo in it. We're told that they claim was booby trapped. So why'd they leave all their well-prepared 10 guns and ammo? That's what he said. They were well-prepared for invasion. And they left that well-prepared? Am- yeah, that's, that's, that's apparently the claim. Exposed. El Shifa Hospital Complex. IDF troops found a hidden booby trap vehicle containing a large number of weapons. But listen to what he says about where it was.
3: Here in the city of Gaza, in the heart of the city of Gaza, in Shifa Hospital, and this is what Hamas is trying to hide from you. We found a vehicle filled with ammunition,
0: uh, RPGs, okay. AK-47s. Look at, Look at that right now.
1: Inside the
0: And here's the other view. Full of weapons, ready for Are we to believe that's the same? It looks, I mean, that looks not, that is more in my opinion. see handcuffs, knives, preparation for taking
3: hostages from Israel. Oh, and by the, the way, of- the other
0: point too I'm going to make, I find it very odd that it's like this same kind of catch-all grab bag of all of these things in every one of these finds they have. The guns, the ammo, the grenades, the explosive, the whole thing. Now, maybe that makes sense, but quite frankly, it doesn't add up for me. Or that these are even a lo- enough to make some, like, realize that this is not enough. And And also, by the way, those are not full of ammo. They're not. You can see the other angle. I made this point last time. They don't have ammo in them. They are not full of ammo. And my point is that overall, you've got one, two, three, what, three or four guns right there, maybe three more over there, if that's even guns, and then a bunch of grenades. And the argument that this is somehow well-prepared to fight an army, this is at best a few-man outpost if that's actually what this was
3: of seven uh, october 7th as you can see they were very well prepared and where they're hiding all of this equipment is in a hospital a place that's supposed to be for humanitarian aid they have all this evil hidden here as we can see here we is. are in the heart of the hospital
0: right and this it's, is where they choose to hide everything because they right. know the idf it's not inside the hospital It's adjacent to the hospital. It's in a complex that's very different, right? Won't attack. The Air Force won't attack here. Which, Which again was one of the most ridiculous claims in the first place. They go here because they know we won't attack here. As you've literally consecutively attacked hospital after hospital. So that doesn't make sense. Use the hospital as human shields. Use the hospital as human shields? That doesn't even make sense. Okay. So here's where back forces that came near
1: a sheltered area inside the hospital under a car that was full of
0: weapons ready for forces that came near the hospital. Okay. So now what the point is, despite whether that's different or they're saying this was under that car. But so you're telling me that this guy and all of this work, you mean they filmed this and didn't even look under the car, didn't know that there was a, a tunnel ready to go. I mean, this is absurd. I think they're just jamming these things together because people aren't questioning this that might believe them. Now, this searing girl points out, we already talked about this, which was a water reservoir that they claimed was a ton that this was supposed to be, first of all, one of the things they found. I guess they just dropped that, if not that being maybe this. Sorry, I get back to the right spot. So this is what they're claiming was under that truck, right? But let's not forget, they already claimed they found one the other day, and it, it looks the same, looks like that. But it was a water reservoir. So I don't know if now, they're and that's the same ground it looks like, so maybe they're just trying to conflate these two through three things, I guess. But don't forget that in the past, they've already tried to lie about this, which an investigation very clearly proved was, a, was in fact, a water reservoir, in a different sense, different time, I should say. And she broke this down. Even chat GPT said, yep, that's a water reservoir. And then of course you see him find a elevator shaft, which experts have proven based on the, what was inside of it. Well, you can see that they say, Nope, that's an elevator, not a tunnel. The electrical box contains three phase inverter and blah, blah, blah. We already went over this. And then you can see him proving he opens it. You can very clearly see this is not what they claim. Now, are these all different tunnels? Weirdly, they're only talking about one. So is that the tunnel, right? Is that the tunnel? Or is this the tunnel? <laughs> Like it doesn't matter. Pick a tunnel. They only found, they found the one, the, ma- the one that matters. But then this is the video and you can watch this. We played it the other day. The point is in the investigation, they do, of course it freezes. Oh yeah. That's, that's Twitter for you. When you want, it doesn't work. There we go. So the point was, was oh, yeah. please, I'm get to the, Blueprint. Like they literally went to the actual blueprint of the whole thing. They proved that this was in the blueprint itself, a water reservoir. And it, and it proved this was the person that built that place. I mean, it just it was obviously not what they said it was. But they tried. And even this came out earlier. This might this was this one, <clears throat> saying that they, they found out that they lied about it. So it's not new. And they've done this more than once. So here, CUDS News Network is saying the Israeli military has published footage showing what it claims to be a significant 55-meter-long terrorist tunnel, 10 meters underneath the Shifa hospital. The video, however, is clearly edited, starting with a water well surrounded by a severely excavated land and then linking another video to an unknown tunnel. See? It's exactly what I thought. Doctors from al-Shifa had confirmed that the Israeli military started digging and bulldozing in several areas in the hospital. And this person, this is Terrence Daniels. Uh, from uh, Camp, uh, what was it for? I forget. I forget what he worked for. In any case, saying called it, and he posted earlier saying they're showing footage of an old well, <laughs> making fun of this guy who just continues to make a fool of himself. I, oh, and then of course you know everyone seems to breaking. The IDF announces the release of the everyone. All these breaking news relay, just relay what they're told. But Freddie Pontone also points some good things out. He says, let's look at the alleged Hamas tunnel evidence providing provided by the Israeli Defense Forces. And he says, you know, where's the tunnel shaft? Where does the tunnel lead? Who actually filmed it? And so on. Now he says, the, the entrance of the alleged Hamas tunnel shaft is two meters inside the Al-Shifa complex, literally on your right as you enter the complex via Ibn Sina Road. The, the burns unit is on your left as you enter. Now he says, where does the tunnel lead? This is their information they released. He says, by studying several videos from the alleged Hamas shaft and tunnel, we were able to determine that the tunnel actually goes under Ibn Sina Road and not towards Al-Shifa. Says, who actually filled in the tunnel? He said, in our opinion, it's a dog fitted with a camera that was actually lowered down into the shaft and sent to investigate the tunnel, which, by the way, means that they're willing to kill this dog if, there's, if it's booby-trapped, as opposed to using a robot, which kind of makes me sick. It explains why no sound was recorded. View the footage, and it will start to grow on you. Tunnel is actually super small, right? So arguably, a person would, might not be able to fit there. And of course, you know, they give you their context. Ooh, a, a blast door firing hole or just a, something else <laughs> who knows what their narratives are it says here we can see what we believe to be a dog handler who is prepared pre- preparing a red rope to lower the dog at the bottom of the stairs the tunnel was likely too small for a person so they sent the dog to investigate the man with the red harness isn't going in the hole the dog is it says idf video edited cut to mislead he says with the help of sufa this 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 platform he says we are able to spot an editing cut in the idf alleged Hamas video tunnel video The editing cut was necessary because the change in the direction makes it obvious the tunnel is going under the road and not Al-Shifa. Classic. But he says, as we said above, the access to the tunnel at the bottom of the shaft is likely only accessible to a rescue or military dog. The tunnel only appears to to be high when, in fact, it isn't. The right and left rocking of the IDF footage is very typical. Conclusion, we have decided to leave the anomalies aside for now, which there are many. However, the idea of claim of an alleged Hamas tunnel at the Al Shifa hospital is rather exaggerated, if not misleading. Pressure to deliver a Hamas tunnel to the public might have contributed to this circus. And he gives you a bunch of the videos you can watch for yourself. Now, I want to, let's see. I went further than I wanted to today. Again, we're past my time. I know you guys love the long shows, but I'm just trying to get myself to a, a digestible time for everybody for the most part. But here are some more coming from Israel. Breaking, they say, the IDF released CCTV footage from Shifa Hospital with an October 7th timestamp, documenting Hamas forcibly transporting, they claim, hostages through the hospital. These findings prove, they say, that Hamas terrorist organization used the Shifa Hospital complex on the day of the massacre as terrorist infrastructure. Is that what it does? Is that what it shows? So, so what, what you're seeing ultimately is people, which I would argue are probably either Hamas or some sort of resistance that have what look like guns. I believe they are. Just I can't really, they look like I have straps and so on. A six second clip, which I guarantee there's more. So why would they do that? But they come in and you can see they're holding the guy down, rushing him in. Okay, here's this one. This guy looks like he's got some kind of stomach wound. Oh, dang it. Some kind of stomach wound. For the podcast, it just shows him wheel in on a stretcher. Right. And there you there you could clearly see a gun. Now, does this, now what what would this prove to you as an objective observer? Does this prove that Hamas controls this hospital? Not necessarily. Like, I also realize this is October 7th, right? So we're talking about a hospital that, look, you could argue they would know what was going on, but but why would we assume that? It's a hospital, right? So somebody comes in, and by the way, it's a hospital in a concentration camp, a hospital in an open air prison, which is what it is by the definition of both of those words. Not the definition that only associates with what happened in Germany, but an actual definition of the term, which is what we should actually go by. It's very clearly what these are, what this location is. So I'm willing to bet you that they're used to seeing people that are armed. Just my opinion. That does not, therefore, mean Hamas controls this area. It could, certainly. My point, though, is that what we're seeing is a hospital when you see people running in with somebody injured. And as a as a doctor, you're going to try to help them. Am I wrong? In an area like this, that's basically a war zone, Right. So just think about that for a second before they you jump to the conclusion about what they want you to think about this. But yeah, it could very well mean that Hamas has a presence there. Like my point has ev- only ever been, one, we know that they had built structure down there before they ever had control, or rather had Hamas had control over areas of Gaza. We know that. And we know that they are claiming these things, as Ritter pointed out, when you can tell now that they didn't know they would find the things they thought they would. all It proves war crime, no matter what you say. Period. Especially if you think that the argument has to be that they had human shields. Now, wouldn't you argue that if they came rushing in the front door with somebody, that that then proves that they don't? Why would they need to rush in from the front door if they were down there already with these hostages? Seems interesting, right? Okay, maybe they were held up somewhere else. Maybe they did something to him and they want to get him help. Doesn't that then at least prove that they're willing to give them medical attention? Like it just seems like a very weird contortion of what we're seeing. Like no, I, no, I, nobody's trying to argue that these if that guy's a civilian that that's not a crime. But I've seen I've shown you a hundred different videos of Israeli IDF members, whether Palestinian or Hamas, treating them like they don't matter, letting them bleed out to death on the ground, stopping ambulances from coming to help them. Now here you can very clearly see an example of these people bringing them in for medical attention. I just find that very interesting. Now here is what Cuts News points out. Israel's military has released footage allegedly showing resistance fighters taking Israeli detainees to get medical care at the hospital. They armed the army claimed that treating the detainees makes the medical centers military targets. That's absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, unless they're claiming that that proves that there are more people being held and that that's a command center, therefore human shield, which even then does not make it a target. Per every human rights lawyer that I've talked to, that's not pro-Israel and blindly Zionist supporting. And that means the vast majority, mind you, United Nations, every human rights group, every human, every GM, NGO, all of them are saying this. My point is, so if that even then doesn't mean that, why would them bringing somebody in then make that a military target? He goes on, this goes on to say, the statement contradicts a previous claim also that the occupation, by the occupation forces of Israel, that the resistance destroyed all the cameras. Remember that? That was days before this. Or excuse me. I mean, this was days before today when we saw this. The point is they're claiming this is October 7th. So what they're saying is if this was an operational command center and that they destroyed all the cameras because of that, how do you explain that you now have video in that same hallway? Oops. My point is they're just tossing lies at the wall, right? Let's just see what they'll take. But it says Hamas has already stated two days ago that it took some detainees to medical centers to get treated before moving back elsewhere. They did. We already talked about it. Israel said they were lying. Well, no, they weirdly just inadvertently proved that they weren't. But now they just used it somehow some other way. This is what it looks like to be lying. Here is what Aaron says. Aaron Maté, this appears to show that Palestinian militants took October 7th captives to Shifa for treatment. Unlike Israel, which attacks Palestinians, lets them bleed to death in the street, remains crushed under rubble, even bombs them again, including ambulances. And then weirdly enough, no matter how many times you retweet this, it, it seems like Twitter doesn't want you to see what the IDF posted. It's right here. That's the tweet. I don't know why they why that keeps happening. It's very weirdly controlled on this platform right now. But they're showing you this per the IDF exposed. Same clip, mind you. This is documentation. They claim that of Hospital from day from the day of the massacre between the hours of ten forty two and eleven a.m. in which hostages were abducted from an Israeli territory or seen surrounded by Hamas terrorists. It says one of the hostages injured and being carried on a hospital bed. The other's walking. Lena says these findings, they say, prove that the Hamas terrorist organization used the Shifa hospital complex on the day of the 7th. Well, that's not the same as saying it is a, oh, that okay, they do say, as terrorist infrastructure. No, all it proves is that they took them to get medical treatment. It could prove that. But you see, we're not in the the childish level of just assuming into our narratives. We have to be objective about this. But here's the point I made earlier. Are we to believe that at 11 a.m., remember what time this was taking place, this was still happening at this point. Are we to believe that these hospital doctors in the midst of treating people would know what was going on exactly? Or that would know that, like, because you understand the context of this would matter more after this that you argue that these doctors were helping the terrorists of October 7th. Well, what they see, if they didn't know, is people coming in with an injured person. That has to matter. Because this is why, this. the reason I'm making that so clear is because of the way that these people are framing this. Suddenly meaning that all these doctors are terrorists. Everyone at Shifa in Gaza who participated in kidnapping innocent hostages and hiding them in underground tunnels beneath them, oh, now we're just pretending that has been proven? are complicit in terrorism, he says. Told that the medical teams, they didn't know about it. They lied. All of them are complicit. Right, so now you're just, you're you're creating the justification to murder these doctors. Good job. You're a great person. The bottom line, oh, I forgot these ones too. Dr. Eli David. Of course, of course. Remember all the sheaf of doctors being interviewed saying there was no Hamas presence? They were all lying. Every one of them. This guy creeps me out, man. I'm telling you, this this is so. So you now know, first of all, that every single doctor, even if you're right, was lying. How do you know that? Or that they're lying? That they were. They says that um, the Hamas presence. How do you know that wasn't the first time they've been there since before, however, whatever time? That maybe they actually just bring him in to get treatment because something happened. I'm not saying I know that, but neither does Eli David. He doesn't care about being objective. You know why? Because he just said it again about. Four minutes later with a video. See, the medical staff, are see the medical staff there? Casually speaking to armed Hamas terrorists. They all knew. All the doctors, they all lied. Well, when you watch the video, that clip right there lasts for about a second and a half. Very casual as they rush somebody in to get treated and that, that stays there for like a second and they move. But of course, when you clip it like this and make it look like, oh, they're just chatting it up. This guy is willfully deceiving the reality to sell you on a narrative. I mean, even at a very, you don't need to make that up. You could have just showed the video and said, they're not upset that they're there. But no, you have to take it even further. You have to still shot it, lie about the contact. Like it just, this is the kind of thing that people see. That he thinks you're so dumb that you can't just watch the full video and realize that it's not some casual long-term conversation that they just are in passing, probably asking what happened. But I'm not going to assume that because I'm not as stupid as Dr. Eli David. Here he is going photos of armed Hamas terrorists guarding Israel hostages. Is that what's happening? Kept at Al Shifa hospital with full knowledge of all medical personnel there. Where's your condemnation, WHO? Like, so really what you should be asking is, are you condemning the fact that they wanted somebody to get treated who was hurt? Or are you condemning the fact that the doctors treated somebody who was hurt? Right? What you're really trying to do is lean into this as if this makes every other lie true. The tunnels, the complex, that they've been there the whole time, which, by the way, it doesn't appear to be. But this guy simply says, Are you an idiot or a Zionist? It seems they've brought these hostages there for medical treatment. So what? Now, this is the part that I was going to say a moment ago that I think is very interesting, right? <clears throat> so he's simply saying, <clears throat> or it's right here. Everyone at the chief and Gaza who participated in this are implicit. Right? How dare they? How dare they treat people? How do they deal with these, hot, these terrorists? Right? Well, then explain this for me. As Dr. Eli David points out, so it must be real. He's claiming the head of Hamas in Gaza had an aggressive brain cancer years ago. And Israel happily gave him medical treatment. Come on in. We'll treat you. But his point, of course, all leads to the fact that Israel saved his life. And he said thank you with October 7th. Like, my point was, you know, I think this was an oops moment for him because I simply said first, don't think you thought this propaganda pushed through. I said, seeing as how we know, and even according to Times of Israel per the day after this, for years Netanyahu propped up Hamas, now it's blowing up in our faces, meaning he has armed and funded and helped these people for a strategic purpose. I said, don't you, seeing as how we know that Israel's long funded and armed Hamas per even Israeli media. So this, if true, makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Sort of like when they medically treated Al-Qaeda in Syria. <laughs> you're bad at this. Now, also, see, that's just a point in and of itself. If they're medically treating these people, even though they're going terrorist, and then we need to kill them every chance we get. But yeah, come on in, we'll give you some cancer treatment. <laughs> that's pretty silly. And it very clearly exposes that they're not at the adversarial relationship they pretend they are. At least at that point. Also, if you're now condemning these doctors for treating people who were with these terrorists are why wouldn't you tr- condemn them for treating terrorists? You know, it's just like you just, you, these people are so drowning in their own lies. This is the point they keep making. you, you turn one direction. You can't move without contradicting something you've already lied about. So you can't have it both ways. Eli, either we're terrorists for treating terrorists or You're not, I mean, or, or, you know, whatever. The point is that you're so clearly contradicting yourself by acting like they're bad for doing that, but this simply makes them humanitarians. Couldn't you argue the same in reverse? Couldn't you argue that the argument is Hamas did this because they care about these people? I don't think it means that way on either side, because I'm not ridiculous. Now, the same person from before says Hamas, and Al Jazeera confirmed with video footage, that three Hamas terrorists have stormed into Rentisi Hospital in Gaza and blew it up. He, the red, he tags the red uh, red cross. What's, what, why don't you do something? Now, first of all, as the person says, because uh, oh, actually, first, Well, I should play this one first. Or this one first. He simply says, I'd appreciate it if you could share some news articles from the mentioned outlets. Otherwise, it might be another case of misinformation. Thank you. You know why? Because he's right. Um, Al Jazeera did not confirm this. They didn't say we have now proof they did this. What he's saying is his interpretation of the video confirms that. But of course, being a dishonest person that he is, he tries to make you think Al Jazeera confirmed this because that's a platform that's really calling out Israeli lies. So people like us might be going, oh, wow, did they confirm? No, they didn't. Nowhere is Al Jazeera claiming that they blew up this hospital for the purpose of hurting or uh, of just going after a hospital. Like as if Hamas is blowing up their own hospitals. That's the that's what he's trying to argue, right? Let's look at it. Well, first of all, here's let me see if I have it queued up down here. No, I don't. We'll just watch it right here. So here's the point. What you see, and by the way, look, Israeli tank right there, <laughs> right now. I'll show you why that's relevant. So it shows them running up, which of okay, course here again. By the way. I don't know why we ever think we can prove we know who they are or who they work for. That could be Mossad or anybody else for all we know. But just so it's clear, I think this is Hamas. But I just want to make the objective point that we all love to assume these days based on the what we think already. That's all our Twitter files. That's what's happened. But what appears to be these Hamas members run up to the RTC Hospital. Run away. And boom, you see an explosion. Okay. Ooh, even scree even cuts, cut scenes it for you to make it more dramatic. Let's look at it. This person says, well, because it's evacuated and became an Israeli army base. Well, well, that sure would make a difference, wouldn't it? Let's listen to what this guy has to say on November 13th about when they took over the Ryan hospital and what they found. <laughs> it's, just, it's just absolutely ridiculous. 2013. Wait, that's not it. Hold on, guys. Did I? How did I miss that? I thought I missed one of these. That's not it either. Hold on. I forgot to download it. I could have swore. No, I guess I did miss it. Give me one second. Let me grab that. I'm always trying to get every single one of these. Here we go. Oh, I see why I missed it, actually. All right. So what you're going to see here is that same guy, by the way, <laughs> just who just is getting ran through. I mean, it's embarrassing. I'm sure he's really unhappy about how he's being framed. He's the one that keeps screenshotting, like po- pointing at just anything. And it's like, oh, his face just looks really st- He just has the look of somebody, you know, is somebody you might make fun of. <laughs> Not to be too mean about it. But then, of course, because he's blatantly lying and getting caught about it, that I have no problem saying that. Here is, and my point being, because that lie is whitewashing genocide. So here's what he had to say about that hospital on November 13th
1: in gaza city we are here next to a house of a terrorist this is one of the senior terrorists who is the head of the operational naval
0: operations that led the raids into israel oh so like and we'll just we'll just take that at face value of course right because that's what proof that is look you can see arabic on the wall that must be proof i'm not saying it's not I just don't know why we got to this place where we're just people just blindly. Oh, it here's real sad. His house is right next to a to a school. His house is 200. That's two cuts already. Two cuts. And is that a school? I don't know. Hundred
1: yards from the hospital, the hospital of Rantisi. Next to his house,
0: there is a tunnel. (laughs) And I guess we're supposed to assume that now we're just cut scene to in front of his house still. I'm not saying I know they're proving it's not, but what I'm saying is obviously with this pe- this group lying already so many times, I'm pretty sure the right move is to go, I'm going to question this. Now, there's no audio, weirdly enough, for a moment, and they are getting ready to go in something. Cut scene again to some monitor, I guess. Very weird. This is all very carefully put. Now I want... Oh, now we're back, apparently. And now we're back to the elevator we already showed.
1: to show you an operational tunnel. The tunnel is built with electricity. We first saw the <laughs> Elevator tunnel. solar panels, then the electricity goes here and it goes down directly to the tunnel.
0: That's like the five, that, that is literally pro, I think that's the ninth cut so far.
1: Now you can see the tunnel. You can see the tunnel. The tunnel is let down more than 20 meters down. The robot cut, found again, right a door, a door that is bulletproof. It's a, uh, it's explosives proof so it, Looks like a hard evidence, a clear evidence. <laughs>
0: it looks like hard, clear evidence,
1: evidence that the hospital direction is connected. This is a covert.
0: Oh, that's weird. Connection. Cut. Move. Back. Okay. Tunnel. Start again.
1: It's part of the same floor, and it slides down here. So it's a covert tunnel, so
0: nobody can find it.
1: This is <laughs> this.
0: It's not. That's not even this. Look, look at the difference of what you're staring at here. Either way, my point is, guys, this is obviously, as many experts online have pointed out, an elevator shaft. And that's, that's the clip people are making. They use this one right here. That <laughs> You guys have all seen that meme. He's he's a meme now.
1: Sides down here. So it's a cover tunnel, so nobody can find it. This is Rantisi Hospital.
0: Cut. And what, this is... why they cut out what he said right there? Very strange. The place where I showed you the tunnel. I wanted to see. Oh, right. So, completely not by the hospital. Got it. Even though you were claiming it was right by the hospital.
1: This is the backside of the hospital. Hamas used this hospital. Tonight, we have entered into this building. They're
0: cutting every single time.
1: We'll show you the evidence. Let's enter into the hospital. We're now entering in. And
0: weirdly enough, he's got this blood spot on his forehead. Like, think about how weird that is. What? Right here, he does not have anything on his forehead. Now, all of a sudden, it looks like he hit, either fell and his helmet get, cut his head, or he hit something. No explanation. Just keep going. To the area of the
1: hospital, where we had the found the evidence. Uh, this operation was conducted by uh, Israeli special unit, the Israeli Navy SEALs. This is still an operation that is conducting, and I'm showing you the first evidence to see. No audio. We are, now, we are now in the area of the basement of the hospital. I want to show you a room where we found all the gear, the operational gear of Hamas. Hamas yes. is using hospitals like we showed the evidence in Shifa Hospital. In-
0: oh, did they? Did they now? No, no, nobody, nobody took that at face value because it didn't prove much at all, in fact. And all the evidence points in the wrong direction, especially since you keep getting caught lying about the evidence. You know about the laptop that t- turned out to not be the reality or that even BBC called out the fact that you changed the scene when they came or the boxes you got caught carrying in that you removed when the BBC came that proved that you brought something in that weren't medical supplies. It's it's embarrassing.
1: Now the hospital, we are now seeing it in live in Rantisi Hospital,
0: a operation still conducting right now. In live, right? So he meant live, right? They keep trying to pretend like this is unedited, live, but they just, then they go back and just cut everything out they don't want you to see. Look at what Hamas is holding inside the hospital. All perfectly laid out in the same way you keep seeing it, in almost the same exact structure. A few guns, a thing, some grenades. It's like the same thing. Now, I'm not saying maybe that's what they all carry. I just kind of find it a little bit strange that every time they go, we found it, here's the proof, and it's like the same setup. And also laid out for you in the exact same way. And then this I find interesting.
1: I want you to understand. This kind of gear is a gear for a major fight.
0: Is it now? A major fight. I see five guns. I don't even see the ammo, quite frankly. Things that maybe look like grenades or maybe like soda bottles with tape on them. I don't know. Maybe it's a makeshift grenade. And I see a water bottle. I see a briefcase. Was it like an Xbox controller? I, I don't see much of anything. He wants you to believe this is for a major fight. Where are all the military experts out there? I'm sure you're laughing about that. How embarrassing. They, they just think you're this stupid. And realize, he's speaking in English. He's talking to you, America. Look at what Hamas is holding
1: inside the hospital. I want you to understand. This kind of gear is a gear for a major fight. These are explosives. These are vests. Vests with explosives.
0: Yeah, Is it? To me, that looks like a laptop bag or something, like a blackout bag with something in it. I mean, I'm I'm being skeptical. We should be. But I don't buy this.
1: It's a body vest for terrorists to explode on forces.
0: And of course, that's something that, I mean, realize, I've talked about this a lot. In my opinion, the very concept of this like suicide bomber idea, this stems from the, the war, the whole, uh, not really the war on terror points, not where it really started, but the idea of this manufacturing of these terrorist entities like ISIS, Al-Qaeda, all t- today like, you know, haat al sham These are groups that we can prove as we have been doing, funded, armed, and controlled and created by these groups, Israel, the United States, NATO in general, right? We've talked about this. I think that's in a, very, a very important aspect. Hold on, these are vests. Oh right, right. I forgot my point for a second. The idea that the the idea of the uh, suicide bomber. Now I'm not saying that it means that people didn't end up doing that in their own. Like it's something that has now been a topic. You know, everyone knows this. But this idea that Americans had about this is what the jihad, all these Muslims out to take your freedoms, and blah blah blah. This was an orchestrated, carefully crafted narrative. And isn't it telling that you see these things happening or rather not in the sense of anywhere other than where these controlled entities exist for the most part. And now, weirdly enough, when's the last time you saw Hamas do that? I can't even remember. Weird how they want to put that back in your mind. Again, not saying it's not possible, but frankly, I feel that this is something that is being used to to scare you about the boogeyman of the thing they created.
1: Vest with explosives. Yeah, it's a body vest for terrorists to explode on forces, among hospitals, among patients. We have hand grenades.
0: Oh, so apparently they can only use them inside the hospital. (laughs) This guy doesn't seem very bright.
1: Kalachnikovs. And then we have the RPGs, people shooting RPGs from hospitals.
0: Is that what's happening? I mean, they really want you to think that, but case, other than the fact that we've already shown that the evidence is not there to support it, other than these carefully organized settings on the ground that you tell us were used, where are the Hamas fighters? Are we to believe that you took these places over and they just they just all ran away, or you didn't try to shoot them? I have yet to see a single example of somebody they claim they got. Not one. We were told about the terrorists they got. How many people did that take? Four, 14,000 civilians? You got one. Good job.
1: This is Hamas firing harpages for hospitals. The world has to understand who is Israel fighting against. We are now in the basement, and in this basement, we found a motorcycle. They were all used in the massacre of the 7th of October. They even have bullets
0: in this motorcycle. (laughs) Right. So we're to believe that it was able to run with a bullet in the gas tank? Did, so they did, came, did, did. He think about that for a second. Came back
1: from the massacre on the seventh
0: of October. Right. And and they drove it back in, of course, because there's a bullet in the gas tank. Like that would make sense, wouldn't it? Come on, guys. I mean, I really am almost speechless at how bad this is. Did they did they do that on purpose? I don't know. But that doesn't make any sense. It's a terrorist motorcycle, of course, or a terrorist whatever they point at. Unreal. So, back to the point. They're talking about the uh, the Rad TC hospital. If you didn't if it wasn't clear to you, it's evacuated. They're walking through, they're showing everything, it's not active. Okay. Back to his point. Hamas and Al Jazeera confirmed the video footage that they have stormed and blow up the hospital. He knows this because this guy is a manipulator. It made very clear from the moment October 7th forward. He has been screaming anything that people put in front of him that was anything that was bad Palestine, pro-Israel, anything. Stuff like this that he is, I think, knowingly lying about. This person says, it's just funny that you see Hamas targeting hospitals, but not Israel. Yep, exactly. Hypocrite. Then this person says, Rantisi Hospital have become Israeli-based, and they they were not any civilians there. Israel, the point is the same thing. People are calling him out. So just in case that's lost on you, they are throwing a grenade in there because Israel is currently present there, per their tanks and the verifiable reality that they have already evacuated and probably killed people that were there. Now we have this example in in regard to the whole human shield allegation about the hospitals in general. Just wanted to reiterate this point in case you forgot. As Censored Curious points out, three young Palestinian children more likely to be taken away to an Israeli prison and tortured. But this is happening. Children, blindfolded, sit on the ground. Why is that? I don't care what you think they're involved in or what's happening. The idea these are children. In any supposed democracy, the idea is that you're supposed to treat them as children. Take them take them into custody. Understand that you can, or, even if you pretend they're helping Hamas, would you argue that they're being manipulated by Hamas? No, nope, because they're Palestinian, therefore terrorists. It's just, it's grotesque the way they treat these people. And my point is, what is that if not human shields in and of itself? Which is I mean, my point. You, know, you could argue whether they end up using them that way or take them. My point is, this is, whether you think so or not, a common practice by the Israeli government. By the IDF. It is called the neighbor procedure. Why wouldn't they put him in the car that they had right there? right? You see the truck waiting for them to load up? Nope. Well, they walk them away and walk them down the road, past all these people, probably using them on the way to make sure they don't get shot. That's human shields. Okay. So here, as I pointed out and reposted again today, just because I want to make sure it's clear. It's only the two minute clip, I believe. Yeah. The two minute clip, but I'll include the full show. If this decides to load now, we'll see. Probably not. Okay. The full clip human shield. The link will be in there for you to grab. This is only me. It's happening to by the way. So don't worry about it. I'm trying to fix it. This is my world of absolute top-down censorship and manipulation in every aspect of my life from the top to bottom. I do it for you. The point, I'll play this video just making, oh, and then here's the clip to the 17 minute clip that I broke down from the full show, three hours, for, that includes everything about that human shield discussion. Here's the two minute breakdown, just so you don't miss that this is a provable fact per the UN, per Reuters, per BetSellum, Human Rights Watch, all of them. Yes, they have a stated policy of human shield use of Palestinians. And they even had to say, we won't do it anymore, confirming they did do it, and then went on to keep doing it. And got they, they said, hey, you're still doing it. They just never stopped. Isn't that amazing that we can't fold that into the conversation as they're the very group, the only group I even know of that has a policy of human shields accusing the other side of using human shields? Maybe they are, even though the evidence doesn't seem to be there, but maybe they do. But then we can't go, but you're doing that. (laughs) You're racist. That's why. 2013. Palestinian children tortured, used as shields by Israel, per the United Nations. Reuters. Israeli soldiers who used Palestinian boy, a nine-year-old, as human shields avoid jail. Defense for Children International, an international human rights group. Israel forces use five Palestinian children as human shields. That's 2023. This is from 2017. Generally, human shields. Since the beginning of the occupation in 1967, Israeli security forces have repeatedly used Palestinians in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip as human shields. Israeli soldiers routinely use Palestinian civilians as human shields by forcing them to carry out life-threatening tasks. It was also following a high court petition against this practice, which was filed by human rights organizations around the world in May 2002, that the IDF issued a general order prohibiting the use of Palestinians as a means of human shield against gunfire or attacks by the Palestinian side. But then it goes on to say, following the order, the use of human shields dropped sharply. However, the the army did not construe as a human shield the use of Palestinians, provided they consented. The army continued the widespread use of this practice, which they referred to as the neighbor procedure. Following another petition filed by human rights organizations, the High Court of Justice ruled that this practice, too, Violated international humanitarian law and that this thus was illegal. And guess what? They've never stopped doing. Here is the Institute for Middle East Understanding, the neighbor procedure Israel's use of Palestinian human shields from 2012. Human Rights Watch. During military operations, Israeli soldiers routinely coerced Palestinian civilians, including children, to perform life endangering acts that assisted military operations, the practice known as the neighbor procedure. Now, see excuse- this? Right. And so the, they what they use to pretend it's okay is they say, well, as long as they consent, yeah, consent to the barrel of a gun, of course, or that you might break into their home that night. Yeah, of course they consent. But the point, that's why they then said, no, that is also human shields. And it never stopped. They used the neighbor procedure to this very day and got, by the way, that's literally what we were just showing you, just in case you missed that. I guess that doesn't matter to some people. Now here, is another example of a lie being spread. Says this is Lieutenant Colonel Peter Lerner, who apparently is spokesman and proud Zionist. IDF spokesman, proud Zionist. Big surprise. Hamas distributed video of attacks against IDF tanks, including a Palestinian child handing an RPG to the terrorist. Which, of course, they fuzz out the face. You know why? Because he's not a child. It's like a 19-year-old kid. And he says, how on earth did you disduce it was a child, Peter. Hamas's official, well-documented membership age is 18, like any military. Reality is ugly enough. No need to make stuff up. That'll only weaken your credibility, especially after your colleague's terror list calendar stunt at the hospital. This guy, look at the dates. That's the joke, the dates, right? He's pointing at the, maybe that's the guy that was trying to tell you the calendar was a terror list. When anybody who spoke Arabic was like, that's literally Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's, I guess they just didn't care that people would see that. My point though is it, and Go on and read this, and, under, and you, the, you could watch the full, it's embarrassing. It just, it's one after another, guys, one after another. Here's Dan Cohen. Spooky propaganda accounts, the Mossad IL, or, or the Vizgrad 24 who pretends to be a journalist outlet, lied and claimed a video of Israeli soldiers opening fire on Palestinian civilians fleeing south actually showed Hamas militants shooting them. But, interestingly enough, the journalist who actually filmed it called them out. I love that. Right? So there's a person who's actually there. Now, this is what they said. Kind of, this is the sound of a Kalashnikov. Ha- Hamas, because the point is the video only shows people being shot at. And all the propaganda people said, look at Hamas shooting at civilians. And for I first saw it, I said, okay, well, I don't know. I can't tell who's shooting. But it says Hamas is trying to claim that Israeli soldiers were shooting at the humanitarian corridor, which by the way, I don't think they're claiming anything. There's, it's not like Hamas put the video out. So nobody said anything until Israel said, look at them. And that's why they came out saying Hamas is trying. It's, it's, it's a game to them. Sorry to disappoint you. It says we know guns and the sound of Kalashnikovs and Israeli soldiers don't have them. So people that just buy that they can somehow verify that logic without hearing it or having that education. it's It's stupid. On top of the fact that I know people that have listened to this. Anyway, the point is, it says from the journalist who filmed it. You can prove it. You could look at his own timeline. He says, I'm the one who documented this and the Israeli occupation forces were the ones shooting to scare people to make them flee faster. But they don't care. And this is Visgrad. Hamas terrorists shooting at a large group of people. I'll show you the video. It's right here. Another one of these people who's, this guy has been screaming Israeli propaganda from day one. Why aren't the media and human rights organizations showing this as Israel opens on a humanitarian corridor? Oh wait, I'm sorry. This is the wrong guy. Did I get the wrong... Oh my God, I grabbed the... Damn it. Well, in any case, there's this is the wrong guy. So I apologize to him immediately. There was a guy that looked very similar to his account. Wasn't it down here? Hold on one second. It, it doesn't really matter to the full point, but I wanted to show you what he said. Unless I misread that. As Israel opens... Okay, I did misread it. This is the guy. I was going to say it. That looked exactly like him. So it says, as Israel... Op-, okay, I did misread it. As Israel opens a humanitarian corridor for Gaza people to move to a safer place to the south, Hamas opens fires on them directly. As if that's what's actually happening. It's going to say, I swear to god that's the guy. It it the point is he's trying to make that Israel's only doing this to keep them safe. Well, no, we've already proven this. Egypt has called them out. The UN has called them out. Amnesty International's called them out for firing on the people as they move, for bombing the locations they tell them to go to. Guys, again, this is why the world sees through this. Any these people have clout with average people. And they're going, yeah, they tried to shoot them. Yes, it's genocide. Yes, ceasefire now. So the average people are very confused when they think we're supposed to listen to our government. We trust Israel, but every single group with clout is saying that they're wrong. That's why a lot of them are going, okay, I can see this. Then they take the time to look and they go, oh my God, it's totally genocide. The point is this video only shows people walking and then gunfire. So the point is, is that this is an obvious example of the same thing that's been happening from the very beginning. Now, I'm not saying Hamas won't. I don't understand why they would do that, but certainly could. But then when you find out the journalist himself was like, nope, you guys are lying, it just begins to become very obvious. Not only is Israel's government and the IDF s- strategically lying to you in a very clumsy way, meaning that they're, they're planning them but failing, you even have these at-random people online that are just telling crazy lines. They I I don't I don't know why they would do this unless some somebody some kind of incentive but in any case I'm going to finish I'm not going to get into the protest part of it today but I wanted to make sure you saw this the idea of why it's so obvious that it's, we know as a matter of fact that the Israeli government is in committing genocide with intent first of all more from a, more of a broad point this is something that was put out sort of a Israeli Societal thing, like some group put this out as kids singing on some. It's as a created by Israeli public relations firm. This is what they were singing in this. Planes are bombing, destruction, destruction. Look at the ID. Look, the IDS, IDF is crossing the line to annihilate the swastika bearers. Swastika bearers. Now, don't forget, like we just read before, which you could look up for yourself, that Hamas is statedly. Completely antithetical to ISIS, it is their at their their enemy. Not that there's not a, a ideological overlap, but the point is that they have constantly and stated that that is something that is against what they believe. So the ISIS is Hamas. It doesn't make sense. But then they also kind of say, well, they're Nazis, right? And they conflate these things like that. Even makes sense. So now we're saying that they're swastika bearers. How does that even line up? Are they white supremacists? It's just they it's they're just trying to shock people. But it says, in another year, there will be nothing there. Right. You mean, despite the fact that you're going to let them all come back when you get rid of Hamas? Isn't that what you keep telling people? Isn't that what Biden tells people you're thinking? No, he's lying. Or yes, but he's lying. It says, within a year, we will annihilate everyone. And he goes, anyone want to contest this translation? Even Google Translate says the same thing with minor variations because the Google Translate is kind of inconsistent, but ultimately gives you the, be- the meat of it. And it's the same thing. Everyone will be eliminated. Destruction, destruction. They're publicly putting this out. Google vouches for it, he says, providing a similar translation. The Hebrew lyrics used here are exactly as published by Israel's Khan News on their website before they scrubbed the page earlier today. Right, so posted it and then deleted it. It's like they can't think ahead and be like, should this, is this going to be used against us? Are we not supposed to pretend we like genocide? Not everybody, mind you, just the people that are the pro Zionist supporters and want this to happen. But it, guys, it's literally in front of you everywhere. Here's something that is impossible to ignore the full translation of Giora Elan's genocidal column in, in the, the you did it and or not. And or not. I'm probably hacking that. a a platform in Israel. I expect all relevant parties to start issuing arrest warrants and writing up prosecution files, which I doubt will happen. First Year's Cuts News pointing out, Israeli General Giora Gieland calls for tough measures, stating the international community warns of a humanitarian catastrophe in Gaza and severe uh, epidemics. We must not shy away from it. Severe epidemics in the north south of the Strip will hasten victory. So now, now they're incentivizing disease. Uh oh, seeing an overlap. Does that mean they'll create disease? Why not? If they're like, well, shoot, make it happen. Why not drive it into reality? Or doing the things they do in Yemen: bombing, food supply, water supply, and creating the the create and and making sure you don't have access to running pipes, and so basically sitting in your own filth ends up creating cholera disease, like they did to Yemen. And, of course, they turn around and go, look at those gross people in their collar, like it was their fault. But dehumanizing them, that's what they do. That's the plan. The point is this is what they wrote. Not thinking you would see it, I argue. Let's not be intimidated by the world. Because, understand, they know we all see it. It says, the debate over Israel's compliance with international demands to allow entry of fuel into Gaza reflects a fundamental conflict between Israel and the United States regarding the correct narrative. So you'll never hear this from your government about what they think, because they seem desperate to make sure you think there's some flower, pippy, peace-loving nation that's being attacked by bad guys. According to the American narrative, there are two groups of people in Gaza. One is Hamas fighters, who are brutal terrorists and therefore mortal, or we can kill them. Most of the people in Gaza belong to the second group, according to the way we believe, as Americans or our government. I don't, believe, I don't think our government does, but this is what they're saying. Innocent civilians who suffer for no fault of their own. So there's either terrorists or innocent people. It seems obvious. Therefore, Israel must not only avoid harming them as much as possible, but also act to make their lives easier. Can you tell where this is going? But the other and more correct narrative is as follows. Israel's not firing, fighting a terrorist organization, but against the state of Gaza. Yeah, like we've been telling you, the state of Gaza, which is not a state. Now they want you to think it's a state because that gives them some kind of ability to bomb them. Because if it's not, which it's not, when it's an occupied territory, which it is, they legally don't have the right to self-defense. You're bombing yourself. And South Africa made this point. United Nations made this point. People in UN uh, human rights groups continue to make this point. That's why they're losing control of this. So they just shift to calling it the state of Gaza because they're desperate. Even though they've been telling us our whole lives that they'll never allow them to have their own state. Oh, now it's a state. Just like that. Indeed, of course, but they don't have control of water, anything else. Food, electricity, infrastructure, have a Navy or an Air Force or military, none of that. But they're a state today because they need to be able to bomb them. Okay. But it says is indeed under Hamas leadership, and this organization managed to mobilize all the resources of its state. Oh, did they? (laughs) To support the majority of its citizens. And the support of the majority. That's not even, that's not true, by the way. And the absolute loyalty of its civil administration around uh, Sinwa's leadership, while fully supporting his ideology. In this sense, Gaza is very similar to Nazi Germany, where a similar process also took place. Being that this is the accurate description of the situation, so it is also correct to manage the war accordingly. It's almost like you're telling us that it's like the... You're trying to make it out that they're the Nazis while you're exterminating people under the guise that they're all bad. You're doing exactly what you're claiming was was Nazi Germany. The war between states is not only won by military... I mean, look, the point is right there. He's saying that according to Americans, there's innocent people here, but we know the truth. There's not. It's blatant. This. This, guys, is the, uh, where was it? Oh, I just missed it. I think it was up here. Hold on. What? How did I miss that? Oh, this? Yeah, right here. This is the this is gen Israeli general, Gior Eland, writing publicly about how we all know the Americans don't understand. So when we stand here and say they are not trying to only hit Hamas, and everyone goes, you're a Jew-hating Hamas-supporting terrorists, and they literally write it down and say this is what we think, do you not see why this is frustrating for the people that are being objective? We're dealing with a monumental effort to hide things and scare people away from the truth. But again, it's not working. I just want to make sure you don't miss how obvious that is. They're saying there is nobody innocent and they do suffer at their own fault. But then they stand in front of the news and they say, no, no, they're not, there's nothing, we're only bombing Hamas and there's no problem there. Here's another one. And Israel's intelligence minister just wrote an op-ed advocating for the permanent displacement of Palestinians from Gaza and that other countries pay for it. That would be ethnic cleansing, by the way, which is a crime against humanity. Instead of fuel funneling money to rebuild Gaza, Or the failed, what they're now claiming is apparently Hamas, United Nations, the international community can assist in the cost of resettlement, helping the people of Gaza build new lives. So, here, here, exactly what we keep telling you. They don't, they see them as all combat, all terrorists, and they were always going to drive them out of the area. It's amazing that we could be right about this on day one, not because we were guessing, just like with COVID, but because it was all effing right there in front of you. And now they're telling you, and we still have to debate this with people like the people we just showed you online, who will lie to this to their death. Robin Minotti points out, Middle East Monitor is pointing out, Israel floats program for ethnic cleansing disguised as humanitarianism. That's what we're talking about. They float the program. Israel's intelligence ministers proposed a worldwide refugee resettlement scheme as a solution, right? Because they care about their lives. It's just so insulting, it makes my teeth hurt. It makes me angry. Now, Dan Cohen points out, in case you were even on the fence still, Zionist propaganda depicting Palestinians as rats. With the caption, exterminator wanted for Gaza. Now, this is not every single person in Israel. This is a Zionist online. Very different. Still important to understand, because this is what the Zionist government is absolutely saying out loud. But just look at that for a second, right? What he's saying is, so on the left, Zionist propaganda depicting Palestinians as rats with the caption, which in, in Hebrew says, exterminator wanted for Gaza. On the right is Nazi propaganda depicting Jews as rats with the caption, when the vermin are dead, the German oak will flourish once more. Nazi propaganda, Zionist propaganda, Zionist propaganda, Nazi propaganda. Kind of hard to miss the overlap, don't you think? Let's not forget the Lehi Party, the or- one of the foundational aspects of Zionism, twice tried to align itself with Nazi Germany. If you scream, that's fake news, look it up on Wikipedia. It's very obvious and easy to see. Just look up the Lehi Party. Which, by the way, they probably deleted now anyway. Which, now that I say that, I should probably look and go back to it. But I'm not going to do it now. Finally, Riza Nizri points out, Here is a non-exhaustive list of genocidal statements made by Israel's political and military officials since the 7th. Says... We are imposing a complete siege on Gaza. There will be no electricity, food, water, fuel. Everything will close. We're fighting. Human animals will act accordingly. Right? So not Hamas, but no food or water for everybody. They're all human animals. It's not hard to understand. Human animals must be treated as such. There will be no electricity, no water in Gaza. You want hell? You will get hell. To be clear, this all, these are all different quotes. When we say that Hamas should be destroyed, it also means those who celebrate, those who support, those who hand out candy, those are all terrorists. And they mean everybody, by the way. And we're now seeing that blatantly stated. And remember, terrorists, terror sympathizers or human shields. Whatever you spin it, they justify being able to kill all of them, which is what's happening. It's an entire nation out there that is responsible. I believe that was the president. It's not true. This rhetoric about civilians not aware, not involved. It's absolutely not true. Not hard to understand. That was Ezog. That was the president. Nobody is innocent there. How do we then pretend that they're not? I mean, it's 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 just obvious. Now here, I believe, and this, you can read these for yourself, and he adds this one at the end, which includes who says them, which I think is important. Right? This is defense minister, army's major, minister of national security, president Ezog, Lukid member of Knesset, Mossad division chief, Israel defense minister, military rabbi, army veteran, Benjamin Netanyahu himself, and every one of them is clear about hurting all of them. You must remember what Amalek did, did to you. The point was that means they can kill their family, their children. It's obvious. Anybody denying their rhetoric right now is lying. And then this one, this is what somebody says No, you're redefining words. So. Nobody there is innocent is redefining words. Wipe them all off the map is redefining words. No, it's really not. Again, lying is my point. Sam Husseini makes a point that I've yet to make, and I think it's important. Why is nobody initiating or invoking the genocide convention? This shows you that these people in government that are acting like they suddenly care about this or see that there's a problem aren't doing anything about it. So this is my point, that these people don't care about people, the human life, or Palestinians specifically. They care about you and power, or rather using you to maintain their power. So they see that we all see it, so a lot of them are fair weather, and they go, oh, okay, well, we're just going to shift this way then. But not do anything. And probably telling their Israeli lobbyists, like, well, just we're going to do this to gain clout, but we're not going to do anything about it, so don't worry. I'm just, I'm guessing. That seems likely to me, though. Because why are none of them doing that? All it takes is one state to invoke Genocide Convention and action can begin. And none of them are doing it. Now it says the IJC has ruled against Israel in the past. And if any one nation invokes the Genocide Convention, the court will be obliged to rule on the matter. This has been done before. It's time to invoke the Genocide Convention. I really hope it happens. And just so we understand that this is not new. Dr. Kwame Nukma, anti imperialist, revolutionary humanist, Pan Africanism, says, We said never again after the Holocaust. We said never again after Rwanda. We said never again after Sabrinika. They say we say never again all the time, right? But yet here we are witnessing it happen again and again and again and again in Gaza. As Anna Samhan points out, Israel did it in 1948, Israel did it in 1956, Israel did it in 1967, Israel did it in 1982, Israel did it in 2002, Israel did it in 2008, Israel did it in 2014, Israel did it in 2021. Israel is doing it worse than I've ever seen now in 2023. And if you don't know what happened to those previous dates, look at what's happening today. Now, this is objectively far worse but we're talking about the same concept, arguing they did X, Y, and Z and carrying out basically indiscriminate murder of people on the ground. 48, 56, 67, 82, 2002, 2008, 2014, 21, and 23. Over and over and over, and nobody does anything about it. Until now, I believe. I believe that something has shifted, something is broken, and something is going to happen. That doesn't mean accountability. I hope so. Now, when we go into the next episode, I'm going to talk about, I've been trying to get this in the last couple of shows, but it's about the protests here in the United States and elsewhere, largely focused on Jewish voices for peace, but how these people are starting to frame them. have happened from the beginning as terrorists, and it just shows this very specific aspect of this whole thing that is, I think this is what's also shooken, shake, sh- shaken people to a deep level. The idea that you can see such... Very clear, just the same kind of protest you see in any other context. And yet because they're blocking, these Jews are scared and they're running to their homes. And I mean, I don't even know if that's even true. That's a narrative we get, but why in the world you be, if you're actually scared by these people, it's because you believe the narrative they've spun that they want to go out and hunt Jews down, right? These Jews want to hunt down Jews because that makes a lot of sense, right? But usually they point at one of the other groups because they know that's really hard to sell. But we, well, I, got, you know, anyway, I guess, you know, I guess I'll wrap, damn it. <laughs> the point was here, we talked about the MIT Coalition Against Apartheid, right? Which they just refused to name. They kept calling it CAC, CAA, because Coalition Against Apartheid's hard to make a sell that they're against Jews. None, the point though, is that they tried to make the argument that they were threatening and directly violating and hostile. And I was like, I have, I've seen video of that and I don't see any of that. That's sure as hell what Brett Steff Levy put out as some letter written by students. I never saw the letter. I never saw the students. I never saw the actual violence. So I, I wasn't disputing. I just said, please, somebody show me something. There was thousands of people there. I guarantee somebody filmed something, right? The only thing I ever saw was peaceful protesting. But yeah, they said they were blocked. But that's what Antifa does. That's what Black Lives Matter do. Does that, are they, well, I argue I don't agree with any of that, blocking people's access, but- it happens commonly. Weird how you only called this one group out for racism. The point was, I kept asking, well, if they if they were a threat to Jewish students, whoever that person may be, I, I made a joke because they put Jewish student, but I said, there should be some evidence, right? I'm sure you'd be happy to share it. And nobody's ever, ever gotten back. <clears throat> and then we just have a bunch of examples and I will go through this in the future of them. This is they're in front of the DNC. And I've looked into this and it's, you could see what's happening. They are doing this kind of protest and the police try to move them and they don't want to. And it becomes like that kind of hostile. And then that gets framed as this very hostile racist protest there. This is Jewish voices for peace. And this person framed it like this was just evacuated from the DNC after a pro terrorist anti-Israel protest grew violent pepper spraying officers and attempting to break the building. I can't confirm that the pepper spraying was anything other than the officers. I heard they sprayed at the protest and said, thankful to the police officers who stopped them and helping me terror pro terrorist. This is a Congressman. You should be embarrassed with yourself. I mean, how embarrassing is that? But that's how this works. Now we'll get into this later. This is a very weird video about a Jewish woman basically advocating to everybody arm up and go after anybody telling you that they're going like it's it's really my point was to contrast this with what you're seeing here and show you that there are people that are believing that they're being hunted down and like to the point to where she's filming this video about arming up and her hand is shaking it's creepy I'm like, this is unhinged, but I'll get to it later and show you. Not that I'm trying to call her for being Jewish or anything like that. The idea that people are actually buying into the idea that protesting for peace is about hunting them down. And she's buying into it, clearly. She's very hostile in this video. And just more of these protests and stuff going out to the end. And I guess I'll, I'll make this point here. All these protests that are trying to just protest for peace, as they're stated, And I'm not saying there's not individuals that might not jump up and get violent. But the point is, as a whole, you can very clearly tell what's happening. And as Alan McLeod breaks, new investigation, the ADL's much publicized figure, as we keep hearing, anti-Semitic incidents have skyrocketed 4,000, or 100%. You know what that's based on? Sort of like the January 6th lie, simply counting every pro-Palestine demo as an anti-Semitic occurrence. That's how this game is played. January 6th was anybody we even went to talk to was a domestic terrorism investigation. Therefore, domestic terrorism is a through the roof. And in general, Dan Cohen has been receiving anti-Semitic attacks. People asking to change his last name because he, he's Jewish. Why? Well, because he has a different opinion. Because you're apparently not allowed to have a different opinion if you're a Zionist Jew. Sort of like when I pointed out people like Ben Shapiro calling them idiots and trash. Because literally Jewish voices for peace were sitting in calling for peace. Trash. As I said, Ben Shapiro attacks and denigrates the Jews protesting below. Who dare to simply call for a ceasefire? So who exactly is attacking Jews, Ben? Certainly not me. And Torah Jews will simply show you that just because Zionism is a manipulation of Judaism. Period. I'll go through the rest of this later. Just, it's just, it's just incredible guys. Absolutely incredible how obvious all of this is and how, you know, really the only focus, I mean, and don't believe me when I say this question, me is like anybody else, but I know my interests are genuine, that they're based on the idea of objective truth and wanting to find it. And yet being framed as something negative, just for wanting something verifiable is, you know, it's a sign of the times, the Twitter files and whatever else we we are being driven into a way, uh, an area where we are just supposed to blindly take at face value. What authority says now, quite frankly, I think Israel screwed that agenda up in a really serious way by making this so obvious because it wasn't just, I mean, we saw this having some momentum in the United States where people were Twitter files and so on, acting like we're supposed to kind of let them do their thing, trust the science. And this (laughs) destroyed that if it wasn't already destroyed. So quite frankly, guys, you know, I'm just—I'm honored to be a part of the 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 grouping out here that is objective, nonpartisan, and cares about people no matter where they reside, and is proving that with every day that we fight for anybody anywhere. Now, the point is, of course, people will try to argue that you know you're only on one side of this argument. Well, that's not true. I only see genocide happening on one side of this argument, and I will always defend the underdog, surely, and the people that don't have a voice. But just like they said in regard to Palestine, our Palestinian representatives, which actually I might end with today if I remember I still have that video. Ultimately, I don't think I do. That eleven minute video that I played the other day, but that you know it, it, ultimately oh I lost my train of thought. I knew I was gonna do that. But the the, the point being shoot that ultimately, guys, I think the world can see this, which is where I was ultimately going with that, but I was making a point. Ah, it's too bad. <laughs> I was looking for that video, but the point of the video anyway was that she's standing up in front of the UN as the state of Palestine and and just laying out the reality that we are being deceived about. All the information that they have, the fact that they're pretending to stand with Palestine. Oh, that was my point. Thank you. I'm glad I found it. Thank you, Ryan. The point is that ultimately... If what she, the main point she makes is that if, if this it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not about the Jewish state of Israel. If this had been a Muslim country, a Christian country, or any other ethnicity or nationality that stole their state from them, that stole their land and had subjugated them for 75 years, that would be their enemy. I mean, it's not hard to wrap your mind around, right? The fact the only group that wants to always make this about the Jewish entity, and then you might even be able to understand why the impetus of why Hamas was aiming at that, if that was the real charter or accurate, was because it was a funded and armed entity that was used to create what Israel wanted. It's all stated on the record. And then when things shifted and they became more aligned with the resistance, if that's what happened, the charter changed. So my point is the only... Entity making this only about the Jewish people is Israel, which is what they always do, the Zionist state of Israel. That's why Zionism is not Judaism and why Orthodox Jews want you to understand they're using Judaism for that exact purpose. It's time to push back against this and not be scared away, cowed along by these threats of racism. You know if you're a racist or not. Like I've said before, it's intent that truly matters as much as the new woke, woke culture tries to act like you can be accidentally racist. No, that's their insecurities and their, what's the word for it? Uh, Bottom line that they're perceiving what they want through that. Now, look, I'm not saying you can't say something inadvertently that might offend somebody, but still that's your choice to be offended by somebody's words, whether or not they have the intent. Like I just, I'm, I'm this whole time frame where we got to this point where you're stepping on eggshells about words or pronouns. And it's just got, it got, it, we all felt it got ridiculous. It doesn't mean you shouldn't have respect for people. Obviously. That's why right in the beginning of that, my point was like, I'm not, I don't care if you want to be called something. I don't care. It's not, it's not going to hurt me to call you that. But if you force me to call you that, I'll make a point to not because that's a line. But why would I care if I don't call you an attack helicopter? I don't care. Doesn't, it's no skin off my back, but at the end of the day, when it started to become this very obvious agenda, well, things started to shift in regard to how it was forced on us. Anyway, the bottom line is today, I think this has been completely broken. And I think people are seeing through this authority level mandate, trust us, or you're the bad guy, terrorist, Hamas supporting Nazi. It's just cartoonish at this point. So we need to stand back, take a breath. Hopefully those new out there that may be coming to this platform, or my channel or others that are Somewhat objective in the conversation and not just blindly taking one side or the other. As much as that's how people want to frame this, just take a step back and, and look at the data in front of us. And I think a lot of people may think this is one-sided because it's it is one-sided in regard to the facts. It's very obviously pointing in one direction. That's not to state that Palestinians couldn't lie about what's going on to achieve their ends. At the end of the day, it's very clear what's really going on in regard to the main topic, which is all of the civilians being killed. You can't deny that, but Israel sure as hell trying. There's no problem. They're all eating and well-fed and drinking water and just happily walking over to Egypt. No big deal. Nobody believes that. So thank you for being here and continue to fight these evil things in the world that are the anybody, not a government, not anybody who would ultimately allow this to happen. That's my opinion. And that's not really a, a good versus evil kind of concept. It's just, it use a better word, just the, the villains of the world, the people that would commit harm against others and allow it, and then act like they're doing good. Everybody should call that out. So thank you for tuning in tonight, guys. If you want to support what we're doing, a lot of links below that you can find a lot of different ways. Substack, buy me a coffee. Our autonomy program, the link is down below for our objective research. You can find out our substack or just donation portal on the website. a month on recurring, never look at it again. We'll change what we're doing. And we've been seeing a lot of great support coming in. We're going to continue to build out this platform and we're going to get to a place where we do change the game. That's my plan. So help me do it. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.